Aw oh, man, I need a nose pass from my wingull. It's so shroomish there might be a pillow swine, if not a quagsire that likes to hit my on top. Ditto. That's a Steelix if I ever saw one. Keep it away from the Flareon before he gets an Electabuzz from the Sandshrew. Too late! Vaviporion's in my Bulbasaur giving it a Jigglypuff! My Skitty might be about to shuckle something too! Don't you worry. Just a spoink to my trap inch makes everything credilly. Just don't let any Metagross happen because of that manky. Careful when you swallow a mantine, everybody. Otherwise, a Slowbro might just squirtle in the vile plume. My gosh, the Hypno is oddish today. Better not let it lick it on the furret, or somebody's Sharpedo will be gulping. Pikachu, you better rat a tat that Cubone with a Horsea, or else it might jump off with a Love Disc. Pikachu! Is he really that eager for a Stantler to reach that fortress and make it go ho-oh? There are RPGs long forgotten beyond that which is known to the modern gamer. It is a catalog vast as space and timeless as myth and legends. It is the middle ground where panelists from RP Gamer discuss computer and console RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. This is a dimension of adventure beyond your imagination. This is the RPG Backtrack. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Philip Willis and Mike Meeky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 37. I caught them all and the pain won't stop. We're talking about a slewful of handheld Pokemon games today. Going all the way from Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow or whatever colors they're at those back in those days. All the way up to Gold and Silver. And I've got a slew of people to help me talk about it this evening. Welcome to the show, Miss Becky. Mr. Roy Burnett. Here as always. Charles Raymer. I'm here. Cassandra Ramos. Scott Wachmater. We got Mr. John Yearworth. Playing Soul Silver right now. And last, but most certainly not least, Miss Sam Marcello. So this is going to be a wild and crazy ride, so why don't you all sit down and buckle up uh, to a little ditty we found on the internet. We'll be right back. Pokemon to understand 
start this long and crazy trip with Pokemon Red. Is it Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue? I just remember calling. Wasn't it just Pokemon? Wasn't there one just called Pokemon Guys? No. 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 That, that would be too easy. Anyways, Red, Green, and Blue, released in North America on September 30th, 1998, for your Game Boy in all glorious black and white uh, colors and shades of gray in between. Whew. And I'm sure this was what? It's probably made and released by Nintendo, I believe. Let's see. Made by, no, developed by Game, Game Freaks. Freaks. Well, you probably had to be a freak to come up with something like this, huh? <laughs> and published like by Nintendo. So, you up your day job, Phil. So let's talk about the original Pokemon. Who wants to start? Sorry, sorry, Baba, sorry. What? Let, let, tell, tell, tell us. I mean, Pokemon hardly needs any introduction, but for the two people on this planet who haven't played it yet, what <laughs> is Pokemon exactly? Cute monsters you catch, and, and then you and fight to the cattle. death with them. Cute and fuzzy cockfighting seizure monsters. <laughs> oh, no, they're my friends. I, I don't fight with them. We, we have cuddle snuggle times, and it's great. <laughs> so, what exactly did you do during the the course of the game? Then, did you try and just sort of talk the trainers to to, to leave you, get them to leave you alone, or something? Ah, yeah, Okay, okay. Let's let's take this from the top, people. Pokemon is a traditional Japanese RPG in which you play a trainer or trainee or whatever they're called these days, a Pokemon catcher. You go out and you capture Pokemon. You're given one to start off with, if I'm not mistaken. And you use that little guy and you'll meet other Pokemon in the wild who you can capture and add to your team through Pokeballs or whatever have you with the eventual goal of being the best Pokemon master in the world. And you do that by winning tournaments. This, this game has an absolute deep story that we could be here all night talking about it. <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, what I'd like to hear from each of, have has is there anybody here who hasn't played the first Pokemon? Well, I have to admit that I have only played the remakes up until the fourth generation of Pokemon, but I can still talk about them because it's basically the same game. Okay. Well, I, actually, this is a good. Well, this is a good question across the board because it isn't like they changed a whole lot between iterations. What is it that capture? You know, there's a lot of you on the show. I mean, a lot of people love, love, love Pokemon. Starting with Becky, can you tell us what is it about Pokemon that brings you to the table to want to play this? What is it that capture well, your mind or your imagination or your gaming heart? Well, I'm at heart kind of a collector type game player, so I like to see all the new Pokemon in every game and collect them and um, yeah, I just think they're cute. It's it's funny because I started making by making fun of Pokemon and then one day I was like, okay I'm going to see what this whole thing is all about and my husband made fun of me for playing it and then when Diamond and Pearl came out he saw I was having fun and he picked it up and then he got addicted and so our, our general philosophy is these games are way more fun than they have any right to be. It's all about the collection. What do you think, Mr. Roy? Roy? Hey, little Roy. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't really know. Um, I've, I've played a whole bunch of different uh, monster-catching games that were trying to emulate its success, and none of them have ever been anywhere near as fun. There's just something about this game that... It, it's like video game crack. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs drugs there's, there's, when you just need Pokemon? 
Yeah, there's the collecting aspect too, but for some reason, Pokemon. For some reason, it, grinding in Pokemon is fun. For some reason. <laughs> and indeed, if you want to collect them all and work them all up to a decent level, there will be a lot of grinding involved. Uh, Charles. Um, not really sure. Uh, I personally like just the bat. I just like battling them. I mean, I usually don't like try to collect too many. Like my Pokedex number is usually twenty-five max. I just get a team I like and just plow through the game, trying to see how many challenges I can take on lower levels. So you're saying that you like to see cute little cuddly pocket monsters beat the crud out of each other? Not all mm. that cute. No, <laughs> that's true. No, 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 I do. No, then again, I collect Eevees, so they usually are cute. <laughs> it's 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 a good example of sort of the diversity of people that can enjoy Pokemon though because like Alex was saying that he only has about 25 Pokemon in his decks and I have actually caught them all as I believe has Cassandra so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool Cassandra you've caught them all yep all 493 till they add another 153 in the next in a couple of weeks <laughs> uh, these 50 I think I think they're generous this time. No, what the event legendaries? I think add to that. So, uh, okay, crap. That could be a lot. So, Cassandra, what what obvi- is it? Is it sounds like you obviously have spent a lot of time collecting them. Is that the part of the game, the aspect of the game that most appeals to you, or is it that way drew you into the series? Uh, well, yeah, I guess generally I like collecting and I like the Pokemon themselves. I mean, there's just such a wide variety of them, so many different types. You've got the adorable ones, you've got the ferocious ones, you've even got the ugly ones, you've got the fantastic ones. I mean, you, there's just so much to admire and enjoy and learn about them. I like battling, too, although I've got into that more recently. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, what about you, Mr. Scott? Um, honestly, there's a certain, there's just this bizarre blend of exploration and um, sort of tea and sort of large spit sort of a, a great deal of like uh, monster management that goes into these games that I enjoy a lot I caught and back when back in the good old days when there were 150 I caught them all I, I found it very unsatisfying <laughs> caught ca- gotta catch them all let's you, I see see here. Mm-hmm. Sam, are you with us? Uh, I think we're having a few technical difficulties. We'll get Sam on in just one moment. Sorry about that. Seemed to be experiencing a few technical difficulties, but we are back to resume our talks of Pokemon Red, Green, Purple, Rainbow Edition or whatever. The first Pokemon. So, Did you get a Rotom in your computer, Phil? Because it's like liable to shut it, short it out. I think it's got a little Pikachu running in there causing little electrical surges or something. <laughs> Pika! There it is! <laughs> um, now... <clears throat> I actually, you know, I actually did play uh, some of this way back in the day when I had some time on my hands, and I guess one of the things that I thought about when I played this game, I, I think one of the things that jumped out to me was that it was so really, really huge, and, and there had been some RPGs on the Game Boy before, but none, in my opinion, that seemed to have this level of depth, even the Final Fantasy Legend games or whatnot didn't seem this deep. I mean, there was 150 Pokemon after all. I mean, did, did, that, did that strike y'all as something? When it first came out, I think at the time it was just huge for its day, yeah. especially on the Game Boy. That thing was 
like that was the first time you really like I think that was the last time you really thought there was a reason for there to be two the game to be broken into two pieces and it was it was just sort of amazing you know you walk to one tent you walk to you walk from the first town to the second one you're like oh man that's a slog how many towns do I have to hit and then you like check your you know phone book sized uh, strategy guide it's like what do you mean there's like 12 more of these? <laughs> so, uh, how how many how many hours do you think you sunk into that first Pokémon? I maxed out my clock. 255 didn't go from there. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I spent way more on bigger games than I'll get to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, no I, I think I was similar at the time. I I yeah, probably I know Go ahead. I imagine I think that I was probably pretty simple. What was that, Charles? I think I spent my most time on Ruby. That had like almost 200 hours. It's the best I've gotten. There wasn't... I got over 600 on Dying on Pearl. Holy cow. Yes, yeah, so I think you're the most hardcore battler amongst us. Probably. <laughs> so you've done all that IV, EV training and stuff, which we shouldn't be talking about yet because it's just a first game and they didn't have that yet. Hey. So, uh, the there, but the, most of that time, I'm guessing, it was spent battling. It wasn't like it had a really deep storyline that kept you enthralled, right? Sure. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, the first thing about we had to know the, the deep innermost secrets of that kid who likes shorts. because <laughs> 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 apparently they're comfy and easy to wear. No, just no. Why did you bring that up? Why? Because that was the old. Because that was the most memorable person there in the entire game. Because he talked about his love of short pants. Do I need to? Do I need to put Scott away for you? (laughs) If I remember, you know, the sad thing is that that was the guy. That was that kid right above Cerulean City, wasn't it? No, he was on the road between the spurs. Yeah, towards the. Yeah, it's like right next to Pewter, just right outside of Pewter. Yeah, he's even still there in my copy of uh, Soul Silver that I'm playing right now. I think he said something else about shorts. Yeah, he does. That's the that, that's the thing when we get into silver. It's like you see these guys come back, and then you're like, oh, it's still <laughs> like shorts. Good. <laughs> Stick to those guns, short kid. <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> But the, I mean, the first game did have the best set of villains, Team Rocket, the original Pokemon villains. So there's that. Was were the was the Team Rocket in the game as much fun as the Team Rocket in the cartoon series? No, they're uh, not. No, well, the best part is, though, if you played Pokemon Yellow version, the Uber version of the first two, you did get the original Team Rocket in it, though. <laughs> Too much. Jesse, James. That was in which one? Yellow. Pokemon yeah. Yellow. Yellow. Ah. Pokemon Yellow, which was developed by Game Freak, since you mentioned it, released in uh, North America October 19, 1999 for the Game Boy. Was was that was that one the big difference between the two? Was Or were there significant differences between Red, Blue, and uh, the big, Yellow? The big difference was you got to start with Pikachu in that game. I hated that game because I hate Pikachu. Pikachu! <laughs> I do not like Pikachu. Sorry, kick Bulbasaur from me. 
kicking Sam oh, off the call. So, oh no, that game pissed me off because I love Eevee. I was supposed to get an Eevee, not a <laughs> Pikachu. See, I'm you not know, alone. There was one thing that was really funny about that game, though. If you, I don't know if most people even realized it, but there was a way to make uh, beating uh, Gary in that game a lot easier. Is that if you if you got the Eevee and you evolved him into a um, well, you evolved him into a Flareon, he would evolve. Whichever type was better against it, so he would evolve into Vaporeon, and then you could just vaporize, vaporize him with the Pikachu. Um, no, I don't. Think <laughs> no, no, you had to lose uh, to him in the first fight, I believe. Or yeah, yeah. Basically, depending on how your battles go out with him, that's what determines his evolution. Um, what usually gets people is that there is a secret battle um, to the uh, west of uh, Viridian. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, no, that no, one. No, Eevee's completely optional. Hmm. That said, Eevee's very useful against him since, you know, you can automatically get the opposite, though really your best choice is, you know, just getting all, all, all three stars in the game. That's the, definitely the one best part about yellow. Yeah, it does give you access to all the starters. Uh, I didn't put enough time into yellow just because I hated starting as Pikachu so much. Especially when I, me- like... Well, considering I played my copy of Blue with like, makes... everybody, except for Charmander. Robert I wasn't a Charmander fan. Pikachu. Pikachu is sad. I, I don't know. I don't have a, anything against Charmander. I mean, I'm not someone who goes out and buys every piece of Charmander merchandise out there. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, hint to somebody who was on this podcast a while back. Um, Until you walk in her house and you see this seven-foot-tall Charmander stuffed plushie. No, 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 no. See, when she came to visit, she had a giant Charmander plushie. So they were sitting in my house. <laughs> and she's like, I need to start a bigger Charmander family. I'm like, no, you don't. I had to stop her. For those who are, don't know who I'm talking about, that would be Ada from the Harvest Moon podcast. She's not allowed to buy Charmander merchandise when I am around. <laughs> because she has so much of it. It's it's between that and her Mr. Popo collection. She has a really big Mr. Popo collection too. Oh my! Well, she has uh, weird obsessions. Well, to bring it back on on track, Charmander was my starter when I played Pokemon Fire Red, so I can get on the Charmander train. I, I, I played the game on easy mode. Ah, uh, I was a Bulbasaur fan just because I easy Bulbasaur mode. is the cutest Pokemon ever. Oh. I think I my first one was Squirtle. See, see, Charles, my mommy would love you. That was her favorite. <laughs> I think overall, I, my, I still like Charmander the most, but I'm really used to it because of the difficulty. I just like Charizard. <laughs> I think yeah, they I... must have made it a little bit easier in Fire Red because I didn't have that much trouble yeah. with Charmander. Oh, yeah, no, he, he gets a great uh, Iron Claw. In Fire Red, he learns Iron Claw and Metal you can catch yeah. a couple fighting types early on. Yeah. Yeah, um, trickier in the original version. I had to use a get a Butterfree and teach it confusion to get that. that yay, day. Butterfree, my team staple. Really, Butterfree I, is cute. No, I have actually found ways to make Butterfree very dangerous. Fascinating. <laughs> See, this, this, this is not going to be about talking about the game. It's going to be talking about what Pokemon we like uh, and used. Yeah, uh, but that's what game. Pokemon's all about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time we talk about it on Staff Channel, everyone just starts talking about different Pokemon, so it's not surprising. 
Now, I, I just had always had a team of cute things, and yes, Magic Carp was always on my team. <laughs> my favorite one was always Blastoise. Blastoise, he's so Blastoise. cute. Uh, my favorite, Blastoise. my favorite Pokemon is Skarmory. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mine is Superbird. Mine is Lapras, and I'm training a shiny Lapras that I got by trading two rare candies to a girl from Port- Portugal who could um, RNG shiny Pokemon. So I'm training it up now so that I can eventually transfer it over to black and white. Cool. Nice. Yep. Lugia is my favorite still. Which one? Lugia. Oh, Lugia. Mm-hmm. Mine, it, on a good day... Awesome legendary usually... bird. <laughs> Mine is is definitely Bulbasaur, though some days I will also tell people that, yeah, Magikarp is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a Magikarp, ma- shiny Magikarp our... today. It was just random. I was, like, going across a pond, and this shiny Magikarp pops up, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have yet another useless shiny Pokemon. <laughs> hey, does anyone know if Gyarados can learn fly? No, they can't. <laughs> That'd be funny, Not though. Legally. It, it says on the original version, though, that he's half-flying. He, he is half-flying, but it's more because if he was half-dragon, it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. I don't think it's a good idea. Now, was there was there any tactical consideration to catching them all? Or was it just to say, hey, look, Ma, I've got 150 Pokemon. Was I... Clearly, it's probably advantageous to probably have one of each type, I'm guessing, because of their weaknesses. Yeah. Or, Although, for um, catching them, you wouldn't, you'd just want to weaken them. You didn't want to knock them out. But what's... <laughs> making a team, the best thing is uh, try to avoid pure types. Get as many great, um, very defensive uh, secondary types um, comments going. That way, you're kind of covering all the bases. What, what do you mean by secondary? Like a uh, type. Yeah, um, each one has uh, one type, or many have two. The ones with two types, if you make a really good smart move with um, which ones you pick, you can cover almost half the bases or more in with just one team. Okay, wow, I did none of that. I went based off of who's the cutest ever. <laughs> well, I also well, pick based just on the ones I like the looks of, or but I also yeah. pick stats and type as well. It depends. It's just like, a, okay, this one looks cool, but it's got lousy stats. Let's look at something else. Yeah. I, I I didn't pay attention to stats when I was a kid playing that game. It was more of you're cute. Well, yeah, when oh, I was you younger, beat I, up. <laughs> actually, when I was younger, I just used my Charizard to just blast everything, and it lasted until I got to Mewtwo, and that thing blew me away. So I, I smartened <laughs> up and figured out the real way to play Pokemon. Yeah, I think most people for that first generation, they they always evolved and made the starter super powerful and then chose the other five so they can use the HM moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The starter was like level 70 and everyone else was horribly neglected. <laughs> I, I, really, I didn't like using my starter too much. I tried finding other ones. Like, for example, my Butterfree, um, it wasn't Gen 1, but Gen 2, that thing was killer. I really wish I could get that team back. Dude, killer butterfree. You know how weird that sounds? <laughs> I know. No, and um, let's see. Uh, sleep powder, nightmare, solar beam, and psi beam. That yeah, is that pretty impressive. And made even better when they get the abilities later on. Compact makes um, sleep powder 100% instead of 70. Nice. Pokemons, Pokemons. Phil was asking if there was any strategic advantage to collecting all 150 Pokemon. 
And the answer is no. It, it's <laughs> yeah. purely bragging rights. <laughs> you don't get anything because what would they give you? Like your reward for doing things in Pokemon is getting a new Pokemon. So once you've collected all of the Pokemon, what are they going to give you? A diploma. <laughs> they gave you a diploma. Well, when and I caught... no one comments on it. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. In the first game, um, when I when I caught them all in Soul Silver, Professor Oak expressed his amazing, um, that I was amazing and inspirational, and that he was so happy he'd met me, and blah blah blah. That was about it. Ah, <laughs> Professor Oak loves you. It's true, he does. So you know who's gonna love you more? The hot chick from Black and White. Woohoo! And so was Professor Juniper, I guess. Yep. Yep. So was the Team Rocket and Yellow version really funny? Then, like the car- you said, it was like the cartoon. It was Jesse and Jake's, but was, oh, it, was it, it really funny? They weren't that comical. They were trying to be more threatening, like the actual other game members of Team Rocket. Oh. Yellow. Sorry, well, but your primary source of humor for the first two games is short. Ca- is the game <laughs> like shorts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Um, Yellow Wally, while Yellow was the Uber version for the first two, it was also a very big cash in on the anime series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Pokemon Yellow didn't include anything like you know any of um, I don't know James's fake boob gags that were cut out of the American edits. Oh. For him in a dress, that was my favorite. So much cross dressing, so much. Because yeah. they were totally showing that Jesse like wore the pants in that relationship. Literally, it, got more, it, it got more obvious in later seasons. Yeah, um, I think the major issue is um, uh, the actual creator of Pokemon um, has stated of the you know outside the gaming universe. The one he um, the series he acknowledges the most is the um, long running manga version, which is. A bit more grim, dark than the you know the anime. So that kind of makes sense that in the games themselves, the villains tra- generally take themselves seriously. Sort of. Yeah. Um, I, as seriously I as a bunch of guys in goofy outfits with. Yeah. Pokemon can. <laughs> who, get, who regularly get trounced by ten-year-olds. Yep. <laughs> I think the best villains of the series were actually the ones from the uh, the fourth generation. Team Galactic? Well, they oh, were they're the most... serious ones for sure. Yeah, they, they're the ones that get most done as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, Team Aqua, like, flooded the planet. Okay, you're getting ahead oh, of I... yourselves. You guys are giving away major plot points <laughs> to future ones. And while we're all about spoilers, we're still on the first one. So... Let, uh, since we've talked so much about the Pokemon, one, one last thing I want to ask about the Pokemon before we kind of move on to something else. But um, obviously, you had to go out and find a whole bunch of them. I'm sure some of them were hidden or something along those lines. Um, actually, this is kind of a two-part question. But tell me, first of all, what was your what was your most frustrating experience trying to find a Pokemon or get a Pokemon? Any frustrating experiences, or did y'all just read backs or something? Okay, let's start with Cassandra. Uh, well, again, it's my very first playthrough. Didn't really know what I was doing. The Abra frustrated me because the stupid thing would teleport away. I actually wasted my Master Ball on the first try. Eventually, I smartened up on other subsequent playthroughs and put it to sleep or used Wrath or something. Otherwise, just the legendaries, you know, those things have a lot of HP. You can't knock it out. You have to put it to sleep or else the balls won't even hit the darn thing. 
and you've got to waste like 20 or 30 of them before you finally catch a thing and you have to restart your game. Mm. And that's before they start running away from you. Yeah, was this, oh, did, did the original did the original version of Red and Blue have the wandering um, no, dogs no, or was, was that no? no. That's not until okay. Because that was my most frustrating part of Fire Red was the wandering ones. So I was like, what the heck? Yeah, no, that was second gen to add that, unfortunately. First gen, they still just stood there and you had to weaken it and throw a bunch of balls at it until finally it got caught. Mm. What was the best strategy for weakening it without totally outright killing the bloody thing on accident? Not introduced until a second generation, sadly. False wipe. It would make it false wipe doesn't kill, just doesn't. Hmm? Yep. That's what's awesome. Well, that would be pretty handy. Now, it whittles them down right to one HP. So, yep. some of the Pokemon, obviously, you get through evolution. Was it was in the first generation? Did you have to find special items or combine Pokemon, or, or how did that work? For a few, it was special items. Most times, it was just level grinding. Some you or, had to trade in order to evolve them. Yeah, a lot of trading was back in the old days. There was only four of them mm-hmm. that you had required that. Yeah, but they haven't done that many trading too recently. Uh, uh, they, they did a bunch in fourth gen, but well, yeah, you needed items and then you traded them over. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. Not but those those i now those those items for those few that needed items to evolve. Were they, a second gen. <laughs> were they really hard to find? You can buy them at a department store. Woohoo! Okay. So not so much. Not so much. <laughs> the stones became rarer in subsequent games, though. That all annoyed me. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Luckily, some of the more recent ones, like um, the remakes and everything, they're usually pretty easy to get, but. I don't know. When they first introduced the idea of, you know, use this item and trade it with it, boy, I, I don't think I ever even saw some of those items in my life. Hmm. Like, um, like a, well, no, what's the one for uh, Steelix back in the day? A uh, metal coat, I believe. Yeah, I those are hard to get. Yeah, those are hard to get. But yeah, I mean, but back in the you know, first gen, they were generally pretty easy. You level them up, Use a stone, mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. trade it. It's not until later we get the nightmares. You used a yeah. stone, or you got them stoned. Maybe um, stone if that's what you stone. want to call trading. Yeah. And these, yeah, let... yeah. stun spore does messed up things. It's a hell. It, it, it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move uh, quickly on to combat. Typical turn-based RPG affair, or was there something that made Pokemon stick out a little bit? The massive elemental rock, paper, scissors was about it. Yeah. Yeah, 17 different elements. Yeah. So you really had it was, to know it was which only 15 in the first out. game, though. First 15, but even still, most games, you know, yeah. if you get past four... four. four. Yeah, <laughs> six, 15, and then added two more later. Well, they kind of had to. There was one broken one back in the day. Mm-hmm. Which one was that? Psychic, I believe. Psychic. Oh, Psychic. yeah. Psychic is still kind of broken. <laughs> oh, but it was really back, back when back It was then. super broken in those Very days. broken. I mean, YouTube was the undisputed, the strongest Pokemon back then. Now you can't really pin it down. Hmm. Well, that's why he got his own movie. 
I was to say the problem is with um, psychic in the early generations was I think I believe there was a bug in the first generation which meant that one type of move that was supposed to be super effective against it wasn't. I can't remember yeah. which. No, ghost type. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, ghost type. And the other problem was um, I believe it was um, bug type was supposed to be good against psychic, but most of the there was very few bug moves. <laughs> yeah, very few good bug moves. Yeah. So, yeah. Or bug Pokemon. Is there still yeah. any good bug move besides Exciser? That's the only one I ever use. Uh, there's Mega Horn. Oh yeah, I guess that's okay. Yeah, there's a few more now. Yeah, the um, ones but... with the horn attacks are usually ugly though, so I don't use them. <laughs> yeah, they've expanded the bug ones for the next gen, so yeah, more bugs will be coming out soon. Woot. But uh, back in the day, what was the only? I think there was like almost like what three bug moves back in the day, or was there how many actual ones uh, could you damage? There was uh, Twin Needle, Pin Missile, and screenshot I think were pretty much the extent of it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean like your best um, bet against a psychic Pokemon was Beedrill, who <laughs> yeah. was part poison. poison. <laughs> and uh, that's why psychic was, was broken. Uh-huh. Well, and then of course the ghost Pokemon was also part poison. poison. <laughs> they were off. And they're in- Yeah. So basically, the general problem was with Psychic was the ones that used the Psychic type were exceptionally powerful. The ones that were supposed to counter the Psychic type were exceptionally weak. I think I usually said they said the best bet was uh, hope your Jolteon powerful enough with Pin Needle, Pin Missile. Or use another <laughs> Mewtwo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. Mm, now how about the graphics and the sound? Terrible. Mm-hmm. Catchy oh. melodies, maybe, but like more probably be more due to nostalgia than anything. And yeah, yeah. graphics awful. Like the the they worked the dot make the dot matrix sound chip for all they could, and that still wasn't much. Mm-hmm. The sad thing gave, is, as of the gave, modern games, the early Pokemon sound effects are still the same ones. Yeah, that that's, that's still bugs me. Like you've got these really complex ones and the new ones that sound like animals, and then you still got you know these little. Beat, you know, dot matrix beats and whatnot for the the older ones. Just upgrade them. Yeah, when, when there's 150 monsters out there that sound like they're trying, their dial-up modem is trying to get a signal. <laughs> See, um, thankfully, uh, we in the U.S. and North America, where it's a whole, and actually everybody mentioned everyone but Japan were spared because I've actually, if you go back and look up the original sprite work from the oh yeah released in Japan, there's some scary things yeah, there. Those were awful. I remember those. <laughs> No, I yeah. saw those. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can find them online pretty easily, but um, because basically what most people don't realize is uh, the original games in Japan were red and green. Mm-hmm. Then they remade, they made a third version called Blue. When they brought the games over to the rest of the world, they used Blue as a basis, but gave you the Pokemon, you know, version differences of red and green. That's how we got our red and blue. It gets kind of confusing from there, but. Basically, we thankfully got the enhanced remake version, which has remotely better sprite work and a few less bugs, which is saying much because there's, that was still a pretty buggy game at times. Yeah. Oh, yes. Generation no, 1 everyone. had some of the best bugs ever. Missing yeah, like, no! <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's hard to call them bugs when everyone used them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I think more more spectacular was um, like a few years later when someone found a reliable method for getting Mew. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah the, 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 the the Mew bridge bug in yeah, Cerulean. 
Yeah, that was that was quite an impressive brudge. It's quite an impressive, um, I don't know, quite an impressive hack job on, um, you know, like uh, messing around with um, how the game stores its variables to actually just sort of generate a mew out of thin air. Yeah. <laughs> it always, as a, as a programmer, it actually kind of fascinates me, some of the bugs in um, first generation and how they came well, about. It's mostly probably because the game began production in, um the time I was born, 1990. I mean, the game was in production for just forever. And so, I mean, like, if you actually look, um, what you can do is if you can look it up, uh, they have, like, the data entries of each Pokemon in the order they're programmed in. For example, I think uh, Rhydon is the first. Not Rhyhorn, but Rhydon. Yeah, Rhydon. And so, I mean, there's, like, just no order to the first gen. I mean, in fact, in the first gen, some of the Pokemon they put in are, like, ones from the second gen, but they just had to dummy them out. So yeah, the first one's more just uh, a lot of, you know, just, just one of those games, anytime you know those games that took like 10 years to come out, like we're probably seeing with Duke Nukem, is there's all that stuff on the discs or on the cartridge that is just, you know, just leftover jumbled jada. And it kind of can occasionally start affecting things, not in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I think there there was an Iwata asks with the Game Freak folks not too long ago, and he was asking them about making the first game, and they were basically just like, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, there's also a couple of sites also that gives you like the um, the detailed breakdown of how and why mis- the missing no glitch actually occurred the way it did. Yeah, which is actually quite makes for quite an interesting read, especially if you're interested in how gun and games work. So I'd I'd advise anyone who's interested in that to go and seek it out. Mm. Well, I think this is going to pretty much wrap up our discussion about first generation. Hearing y'all use those terms, generation, generation, I'm sure the next game we're going to talk about is just going to be so much better because it's a whole generation apart. We're going to find out right after audience listens to this little single selection. We'll be right back. Show their skills. Everybody wants to get there faster. Make the way to the top of the hill. Each time you try, go again just a little bit better. Each step you climb, just one more step on the ladder.
So it looks like the next game on our list is Pokemon Gold and Silver for the Game Boy Color. Developed once again by Game Freak, published by Nintendo. They're all developed by Game Freak. Yay. Um, and uh, this was not only Game Boy Color, but um, couldn't you play on something else? Game Boy? Yeah, you could always go back and play yeah. on your good old-fashioned Game Boy. And it's a kind of cartridge. Yeah. It was a Game Boy cartridge, but it had built-in color specs, so if you play in the color, you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's released in North America on October 14th, 2000. So it doesn't yeah. sound like that yeah. that long ago. It came out like a week early than it was supposed to be scheduled. I remember being so excited when I got the phone call, like, hey, they're they're a week early. Like, yeah, I ran over there. I was actually out of breath when I got there. But Arceus, I still remember that. So Yeah, it's okay, Phil. I'm with you. It wasn't that long ago, and we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this game must be a world of difference from the last one, right, guys? There's a cell phone. There's a cell phone. All right. the crystal version in Japan. Uh, yeah. Yes, you get they the get po- color. Oh, you mean <laughs> the, you're talking about the uh, the the uh, Poke whatever it's called the the Poke Gear, I think. Yeah, there you go. I don't get remember the Pokemon any equivalent of telemarketers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, those phone calls made worse in the remake. Mm-hmm. My Rattata is the top percentage of Rattatas. Was that in the original? No, I don't, I, no, 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 no. No, but it actually turns out that that's actually true. I know, it's hilarious. <laughs> it has max IVs. I don't know why he possibly owns it, but that's another story. <laughs> I want a rematch. Oh, God. That was the only reason why you took anyone's phone number. Yeah, for true. the rematches. Yeah, because otherwise, um, I remember in the... Uh, Back here and everything. That was a, the only way I get experience. Other than being in the elite. Is I think that's, yeah, and no, no. I kind of got tired of being elite for after a while, mostly because sometimes they were still hard. Hmm. Yeah, they were hard even in the remake. They, uh, they didn't, I don't know, they were at a lower level than usual. I mean, yeah, in the remakes, they upped the levels, but before, they're like, you know, the highest level Pokemon was Lance's Dragonite at 50. It always annoyed me, just like, I'm trying to get to, to 100, you're so low. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, um, the, the, the Elite Four in Gold and Silver and Crystal was the easiest in the whole series. Yeah. I, that's I, think the, I think the third generation was probably actually the hardest. Fourth, I think. Personally. Yeah, I mean, well, mostly Cynthia. God, that Garchomp don't remind me. <laughs> but yeah, no. Back in the second gen, um, thankfully the Elite Four weren't terribly nightmarish. But that's because, you know, of course, after you're done, there's a world to return to. Yep. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting things I feel about the second generation was, um, you know, you you sort of went back to the original world like three years later. I think I think it's three years. Yeah, three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, stuff has kind of happened in the interim. And you kind of follow on follow on the path that the original protagonist, so i.e. you, took, eventually leading to um, Mount Silver, where you find a, a a mysterious trainer with a level eighty one Pikachu. Hey, he yeah. says something. He says dot dot dot. <laughs> he says ellipsis. Oh, clearly, clearly he's uh, rolling with Squall and a few other JRPG characters. <laughs> the Ellipsis Society. <laughs> Doesn't sound like they get much done at meetings. What are you talking about? They sit there and they stare. That's how it works. They're Quakers. 
Why did I not see it? <laughs> that makes so much sense now. Uh, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Um, that's actually, I think, one of the first times he's got good bonus balls. And I don't know if I actually beat him back in the day. I mean, I beat him in the remake, but I don't think I actually beat him back in Crystal version. Mostly because it's just so hard to get up to, like, the level 60s and 70s to actually beat him. Could enough. you re-challenge the Elite Four over and over again? Yeah, but yeah, they, that, they weren't very high. My team was level 50 by the time I conquered Kanto. And it was a good team. I mean, I took down four of his five, um, four of his six Pokemon with a level fifty team, but it still just wasn't enough. Could you get a Chansey with a Lucky Egg back then? No, I had. Uh, you, a, know, you could, you could, you could. I, no, I mean, yes. you could, but I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, I don't think I ever even saw a Chansey in Wild back then. And again, was, um, you've already mentioned the fact that um, second generation they sort of decided to increase the tactical options by um you could send your Pokemon into battle holding an item which would have a certain effect during battle. Uh, I think Generation 2 was where they introduced that. I've not gone yeah, completely yeah. mad. That's yeah. the one, because they got the berry system. So, you, yeah, and you could also have stuff with, that would ordinarily go extremely slow, but if you had Quick Claw that equipped, there was a chance that it would actually go first in battle. Yeah. Or you had items that increase certain attacks, or items that would increase. Was it dangerous accuracy? Yet? Oh, you know, it lowered accuracy. The bright powder, I believe. Yeah, and then well, of course there, there, there was that one item that gave you more money if you had it equipped on the battle. Amulets, yes. Yeah, and then of course the the wonderful EXP share if you ever bring in a low level guy and need to get mm -hmm. him grip. Yeah, that's a good one. Perfect for leveling magic magic card. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, Magic Magikarp's kind of cool though. It's like the only Pokemon that starts completely useless, and then if you get it to level twenty, it turns into something awesome. <laughs> turns into one of the most powerful in the game. Mm -hmm. I imagine if it did have Dragon. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I, I know in the second generation, didn't they give him Dragon Breath in the second one? Oh, I mean, no, he's had Dragon moves for he's a while. Not a Dragon it's, type. Yeah, it's, he's Dragon type, kind of honorary, you know, because let's all face it, if he did have dragon type, he would probably be banned in some circles. Hmm. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that... I mean, that thing's water dragon. Uh, that said, um, this generation did introduce a water dragon type, and that was <laughs> not fun. No, it wasn't. Oh, God. Made all the worse in this uh, remake. I had a horrible time with Claire. I had my only weapon against her was Vaporeon. That just went forever. She's actually harder than the Elite Four. Oh yeah, she's actually a lot harder than lots of them. Actually, I still <laughs> maintain that the hardest that. gym battle was uh, the normal type gym in second gen. Oh god, the oh, mill tank! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that one. That one. I think I had, I think I had to grind levels in the remake to beat her. She was awful. Uh, Oh god, I mean, oh no, actually the, she was even worse for me in the remake, because I only had males in my team. <laughs> oh, oh well, no. Yeah. My fight started with a female. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no god, that, that fight was awful. Oh, that's how I beat her. I took out my Pokewalker, and I caught a rapid dash. <laughs> oh, that's another thing I guess we should mention about Gen 2 was genders. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And gen breeding. Yay. Hot skitty on Waylord action. <laughs> oh, not yet, that's not yet. 
I, I have to say, I love the little old man and the little old woman who run the daycare and haven't figured out yet eggs. how those eggs appear. <laughs> well, they're we we, plain, we so looked at your Pokemon and what a surprise! There was an egg there. We don't know how it got there. It's like, oh come on, Pokemon! <laughs> come on, when a mommy Pokemon and a daddy Pokemon love each other very much, <laughs> or, or in my case, when a mom, when a when a daddy Pokemon and a Japanese Ditto love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that reminds me. I remember. Uh, I I think I actually saw it myself. Sometimes they would have kids even if they didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they had to be completely incompatible if they to not produce an egg. Yeah, the different egg. What do you call it? Egg groups. Yeah. They, egg pre- they prefer to play with other Pokemon. Um, I, actually, I was just thinking of other um, gameplay elements that um, the second game brought in. It had a clock, so it had yeah. a day night had a day night cycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got different week. Pokemon in the nighttime sometimes, or in the morning, like Hoot Hoot on Friday. Yeah, namely Hoot Hoot. We got Ladybug in the morning. That's kind of. Um, I remember what else? I'm trying to think. What else was there? Uh, um, I think Stantler only came out at night. Stantler? Hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah I think so. Different. I think Generation Two was the first one that introduced different forms of the same Pokemon in Unknown. Oh the yeah, the Unknown. Pet. Oh yeah. The alphabet. So, unfortunately, I caught all of those. I thought it did something. I just thought uh, it was cool. Did, did everyone go through to catch all the letters of the alphabet in the unknown? <laughs> yes, I did. And then I didn't even have the printer thing so that I could have made stickers with all the letters and spelled stuff. Uh, I didn't either. <laughs> so there was actually a thing for the GBA printer yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they had a sticker maker thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, those old gimmicky stuff. Oh, wait, they still do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's Nintendo. They love their gimmicks. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I, I, um, until recently, actually, like in the last uh, couple months, more or less, uh, the Crystal version was always my favorite. Like, I still think Gen 2 is one of the best ones out there. And until Platinum, I think it um, took a while to kind of really overshadow that. I mean, there's just a lot to love about the second gen, just, you know, not just merely nostalgia, but there's so much things to see and do. I, I actually, Crystal's the only, like, you know, third generation, third copy of the, of the generation that I got, but that's because I could finally be a girl, darn it. Why Why am I a guy and either giving them, like, you know, Ash's name or giving it a girl name and hope nobody notices? <laughs> <laughs> finally, I could be a girl, you know, and I like Suicune, so, yeah, you know, double yay. Oh. Well, they wanted to make a girl, you know, in the first games, it's just they didn't fit. Because hmm. uh, they had the artwork and everything for Oh, well, yeah, them. they did. But, again, but they still couldn't do it. They still did. Why didn't they do it in, you know, the first gold and silver? Why did I have to wait till crystal? I mean, I got I gold, but still. I don't know. I, I mean, it couldn't possibly have taken up that much room, could it? I don't know. Well, at least they named it crystal and not Pokemon for girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Mm. Pokemon <laughs> with a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did have that. They had Chikorita, the girl starter. Uh, it was usually male, though, you know, those darn starters. Yeah, they're usually male. Darn it. Have to restart over and over if you want a female. Or a shiny. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, well, well then, then you start over and over and over and over and over and over. And, and over if you want a shiny female, you're not <laughs> going to see that happen. Yeah. If you want a shiny female, you cheat. I don't really want to care about the shiny. Female Action girl. replay. <laughs> when, when did shinies come in? It was second, uh, second gen. Second gen. Yeah, in fact, it was a, a shiny Gyarados that you had, you know, you caught that was right there in the open. Was perhaps the only one you could, you would ever catch. Although uh, Crystal had an egg that would sometimes have a good chance of hatching into a uh, shiny. I was lucky and got a shiny Tyrogue. Yeah, I oh. had never, I had never seen a shiny in the wild until I got Soul Silver, and I've caught three just wandering around, and I like. Yeah, oh. I've got three. I, I have a I, I have a bee drill, a raticat, and I just caught a shiny Magikarp today while I was going on some random errand. Yeah, I found a, a shiny Diglett, but I knocked it out. I found a shiny Nidorina, but it was in a safari zone, so the stupid thing oh, ran away. That sucks. And finally, I you know I found a shiny Raticate, and hey, I've got a Sceptile with a false swipe here. Let's cash this thing. You know, besides that one shiny Gyarados, the only one I've ever found. The entire all four of them was uh, when I was on the second gen. Actually, no, I think it was, I think it was the third gen. I actually came across a uh, shiny Growlithe. Ooh, I, catch it! Cool. Oh, I catch it. Yeah, I got a shiny Arcanine. I still hey. have that one. But then that was before I realized that I have the action replay now. I can cheat and get all shinies if I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've seen shinies, but um, don't think I've really ever actually caught and used one. For those that are listening to this podcast and don't know what shinies are, they are just random recoloring palette swaps of the regular Pokemon. And they sparkle. Yes, oh, yeah. when oh, they yeah, come they out, sparkle. they sparkle and they go, bing! Yeah, they make a little sparkle ching sound when you release from the Pokeball. <laughs> and they have that happening like one in 8,027 or something really No, I think the odds are even higher than that. Yeah. yeah. I think they got better recently, but yeah, back then they were really low. I think in in the last few games, if you get a Pokemon from a different language version than the one you're playing, and you breed it, then you have a slightly higher chance of of getting a shiny out of the egg. <laughs> so that is why I have a Japanese Ditto. Not that it's actually wow. for me, but I have one. <laughs> oh, you know, um, did a lot of because we're um, trying to do a tournament for Pokemon over the summer. One of my friends did a lot of breeding and actually got a shiny just through breeding, so that was pretty lucky for him. Wow. Yeah, in the fourth, yeah, in later generation, there is like this method um, for like breeding shinies that you can use. I'm not quite sure on the specifics, and I've never used it myself. But there's one you can use with that uh, Poke Radar thing too, I think. Although that's also yeah. pretty hard to do. Yeah, in the fourth gen with the Poke Gear, it involves using one of the applications and tapping your stylus every second, and it's really, it sounds really complicated, which yeah. is why I I when I wanted a shiny, I traded stuff to someone else to have her do that for me because I'm. Definitely... <laughs> uh, I just know that thanks to the action replay, when Pokemon Black comes out in two weeks, I will have an entire team of shiny starters. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, th- that's the one thing I love. The- normally, on I try to limit how much I cheat, but there is one thing with the Pokemon games. The only thing I cheat on in the game is right at the start of the game. I'll I'll use the codes to collect to make my team of favorites, and then I play with I just play the game with that. Oh yeah, I mean I did that with a uh, gold and silver basically. Since I had a friend playing platinum and he was trying to get all the Pokemon and everything, I said. You have an Eevee, right? Can you breed, like, 
buy more of those and uh, evolve all of them, but like one. Thanks. <laughs> Start nice. out a team with um, Evolutions and a fifth, uh, sixth EV so I can make it into Umbreon or Espeon. Cool. That's a fun playthrough. Except the first battle. I mean, uh, Faulkner is not a very hard first battle, but um, if you only have tackle, <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> When did, thing, when did it learn another move? <laughs> uh, well, no, like, and EVs don't learn any moves until, like, level 15. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, I basically, tackle, tackle, tackle. <laughs> and no, kind of using gust on you. Oh, no, made even worse than the remake with Roost. Nice. Oh. God, that was. Ah, uh, help for slow moves. That. that was annoying. And yeah, so, yeah, only have the ability to tackle while using uh, Roost. That was just unnecessary now speaking of Faulkner the second generation was kind of cool in that especially with the phone system the gym leaders were some of the more colorful gym leaders of all the of all the generations I thought you got Faulkner who has daddy complex and the guy who stands under the waterfall all day the strength gym guy and uh, <laughs> what's his name again sure Chuck I yeah, Chuck. yeah Chuck I think I think that a lot of criticism is, seems to be thrown sort of Pokemon's way for not having um, like a storyline, but the, the the dialogue in the storyline is kind of there. It's just most people ignore it and just get to the Pokemon beating each other up because it's more fun. Um, well, then, I mean, what well, gone? I mean, in, in in the second generation, aren't you actually the son or daughter of one of the gym leaders? That's or the is third. That the third. Or third. That's third. That's the third. You're just a, a man of nobody again. The the I think the story of Pokemon is that not so much that there's a story, it's that there's this world out there and there's stuff happening in it and sometimes you get involved, but sometimes exactly. you don't. Exactly. That's why I love it. That's one reason why I love it anyway. Um, lots uh, to do, lots to see in this world. I mean, if you really want Pokemon and story, don't play the games. You can read the manga. <laughs> yeah. And uh, although the, the bad guys of the second generation were not very good bad guys as a general. No, they're very un- they're very they're very lackluster. They're probably they're the Team Rocket lackluster. trying to come back again. <laughs> well, yeah. they did. They well, did it's a... sort of like the Delos fleet of Pokemon. They they did some mean things, but like the biggest thing they managed to do was take over the radio station. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, the magic help to evolve. for me. Uh, cookies to the audience for getting my ridiculous Delos fleet reference. Hey, I got it. Damn it. <laughs> well, cookies for you too. Yay. I ignored it because I figured it had something to do with robots. You know, we should do a backtrack for the G generation games at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one, Scott. I'd have to Anyways. play more than two hours of one. Let's Anyways. Oh, well, here's an idea. Well, um, in the second generation, any particular favorite Pokemon that, that kind of popped out into existence? Or, you know, are those kind of later gens or just first? Again, totally oh, like favorite Pokemon. Legendary okay. awesome. Yeah. See, my, my, my second gen team was led by my Feraligator named Chompy. And Chompy had, Chompy had the crunch move, and I've made it a special point that whenever a Mr. Mime comes out anywhere, Chompy comes out and uses crunch. <laughs> he eats them for dinner. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, my, favorite, my favorite Pokemon cropped up in second gen, Skarmory, which is a flying steel yeah. Like, um, I actually really liked uh, what was I, I like the, the, the psychic bird thing that looked all Aztec and stuff. Oh, uh, that was Zatu. Zatu, yes. 
I don't like that one. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, not my. I also favorite. like um uh, no wait no that's a later generation. I like Typhlosion's awesome. Ampharos is awesome. The two new evolutions, Espeon and Umbreon, are awesome. A lot of them are. I like quite a few of them actually. Some hus- like general, but. My husband's starter was was the Typhlosion, the the little fire weasel thing, and he originally wanted to name it Spastic Colon because it was fire coming out of its butt, but that was too long. <laughs> so instead, he just named it Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> These are the joys of playing Pokemon when you're in your 30s instead of in your teens. Yeah, when names seven shades. I've got no imagination with Pokemon. I just give it the, whatever anime, manga, book, or video game I'm currently playing. It's like, hey, you're Seiya. Hey, you're Emil. There. <laughs> Let's see. Um, my favorite was uh, definitely a big fan of um, Time Flotion, though. For simple cutes, I almost just want to keep it a Cyndaquil all its life. Cyndaquil's just so huggable. <laughs> I uh, like Hoot Hoot. Entei or Entei, cool. So are I do, actually. Oh, Celebi. And, I love Celebi. It's adorable. Ampharos is also, I think, a favorite of a lot of people, especially oh, yeah. the way it's, yeah, it's, the way it's animated in the remakes. It's like it's saying, hello! It's so cute. Yeah, Ampharos is, Ampharos is pretty awesome. Hoot Hoot! So basically, what, what, what this podcast kind of demonstrates is basically um, Pokemon is the great equalizer, as in you sit a bunch of people in front of it, be they young or old, and you just watch them fawn over cute things. <laughs> <laughs> I admire the big, awesome, cool ones. Yeah. I only like cute ones, so... Okay. No, no fuglies on my team. They're not ugly. They're just, you know, awesome and fierce-looking. No, no, no. There, there's fugly ones, though. Oh, yeah, Nose there are. pass. That is <laughs> fugly. Thank you. <laughs> Let's not then, talk about Magmortar, shall we? Oh, no. <laughs> and and then, there, then there's just some things on it that you can muse over, like um, it, with a Hoot Hoot, some evolved form knocked out. And then if you looked in the Pokedex, his, uh, the size to character ratio, and then you could just imagine how the heck you could use, actually use him to fly you anywhere. How do you use any of the other small ones to fly you anywhere? A pig. <laughs> Uh, I use the Farfetch'd as my fly Pokemon. Farfetch'd. That thing is tiny. At least you couldn't use a Natu. At least they figured, hmm, let's be a little logical and not let the Natu fly around with its tiny little wings. See, I'm I'm trying to find this um, hyperlink to the actual finish, but there's a very quick little comic that kind of, you know, sums it all up. It's um, um, Red trying to fly on um, his... uh, Cypher. I mean, Cypher's here to fly as a flying type, and it's really large. Can't run by. Meanwhile, up in the sky, um, Blue is riding upon a Pidgey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, super effective. Are you flying on or are they, like, grabbing your arm and trying to drag you along? That's what I was like, now they <laughs> See, that's like that, that reminds me of one in the, the that reminds me of one of third himself. generation actually. Uh, it was there's like you you find this house somewhere and it's full of all these wind gull and outside there's this guy saying, "I thought you could fly in a Pokemon by catching a bunch of flying types and hanging on to them somehow." But it turns out there's an HM and all the wind gull are confused. They're like, "What are we doing in here? Who's <laughs> gonna tie himself to them and let them?" <laughs> that's awesome. I thought that was like hilarious. <laughs> it's like, no, here's the. You get an HM, teach it to one of them, let it somehow carry you to the next town. See, that's why Lugia is my flying Pokemon, because Lugia could definitely pick me up. I'm sure. (laughs) 
Oh, you, well, you know what that better one? Um, I I don't I don't think he was introduced to the third generation, but there was that uh that one uh, Pokemon that looked like a um kind of like a long necked dinosaur, but he had bananas hanging from his. Tropius. Yeah, Tropius, <laughs> and he, he had that the one lone grass flying Pokemon. Well, Jumpuff are also grass flying, but you can't fly in those things. <laughs> That's there's a good reason for that. <laughs> and I think it's pre evolutions too. I have to look that up again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because po- uh, so Generation 2 introduced, um, rather than introducing new evolutions to existing Pokemon, also introduced, like, baby forms of existing ones as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pichu. Yeah, Pichu being one of them. Magby and Elekid. And then Happini? Happini was 4th Gen. Okay. Yep. 4th Gen introduced a lot of babies. What was, um... What was the Mr. Mimes one? Uh, Mime, Mime Junior or... again. For Mime, Mime Junior. Yes. <laughs> Although it, uh, there was a, a Moochum for second gen for Jinx. Oh yeah. Ew. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, the controversial Pokemon. <laughs> you mean the yeah, one? Yeah, you've got to say, say that in your best Pokedex voice. But there's like five Pokedex voices now. True. I, as I said, I've never seen the anime, so I can't do that. Oh, it's a shame. Well, keep in mind that I was graduating from college when the first Pokemon games came out. So. Oh, yeah, that's far uh, better off. I, I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah, I I was in secondary school. I was like ten years old, so definitely saw it. <laughs> I mean, they were my first RPGs. I was eleven years old. I mean, it's like a whole thing for me. Yeah. Actually, uh, I mean. Um, Strangely enough, I think Pokemon induced, um, I think, one of the only recorded instances of a famous, um, now a Saturday evening entertainer in England, cross-dressing on national television. Um, anyone anyone from outside the UK who knows who Anton Deck are, um, one of them co- uh, was cross-dressing as Misty on the Saturday morning program that used to broadcast Pokemon. That was just weird. <laughs> Was that hey, was, hey, was that like the beginning of Man Misty cosplay or something? Because <laughs> yeah. say. don't talk to me about Man Misty. Yeah, I was gonna say don't don't mention Man Misty because uh, I have pictures to prove of how scary Man Misties can be. Didn't even I remember. Shame. <laughs> so All I remember was nice that, going. Is that oh. segue to go on to Generation Three, or should we just linger around here? No, Man Misty. Clearly, now you <laughs> oh, no. brought it up. No, now you brought it up. <laughs> Oh, we got we got Fembrock. Misty is in the second generation. <laughs> yes, she is, and she's dating somebody, and you scare him away somehow just by approaching near him. I don't know. Uh, I, I think we should leave our audience with those very deep thoughts <laughs> for just a few moments <laughs> while we take this station break. We'll be right back. It's a battle, win or lose. It's the friends you make. It's the road you choose. Got the right stuff, so make your mind up and find the courage inside of you. If you're strong, you'll survive and you'll keep your dream alive. It's the battle frontier. Pokemon, be the best you can be and find your destiny. It's the master plan. The power's in your hand. Pokemon. And we're back. We're going to talk about the third generation now with Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, right? Is that and Emerald. If... And Emerald. Okay, cool. Lots of 
jewelry sounds. This must appeal to the ladies in the audience. It's the this, only generation I haven't played. Same, actually. I never played third gen. I didn't this was actually this the either. hardest one. This is my least favorite. Yeah, this favorite. is actually this, this is my second favorite gen. Actually, I'm one of the weirdos that actually like it more than the second. I do oh. know it has some weird ass Pokemon in it. So, uh, it's a really awesome looking Pokemon, in my opinion. Yeah, I, personally, a generation, the setting for Generation 3 is one of the things that does look really interesting. It is, it, um, it is. That's one reason why I love it. Because um, if, if the first two generations were based on, um, uh, like, the Tokyo and Kyoto areas of Japan, the third was based on... Um, Kyushu. West, yeah, Kyushu, mm-hmm. the western area. So it's a lot more... I don't know if tropical is the right word for yeah, it. Yeah, tropical. But, yeah, it, it had a lot more water. Yeah, this 128-megabit cartridge for the Game Boy Advance was released in North America March 19, 2003. Once again, published by our good friends at Game Freak. Or developed, I should say, and then published by Nintendo. So, this one had a different setting. This one had funky-looking Pokemon. This one didn't also have two-on-two battles. Yes, and introduced double battles. <laughs> Ironically so, enough, it took out the day and night cycle. Yeah, that bothered me Badly. so much. It still had time in it, but yeah, no day and night. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is quite sad. I'd like to see some of the tropical sections at a sunset and, you know... I mean, lots of cool stuff could have been there. Maybe an inevitable Maybe. remakes. Oh, there will be remakes. Exactly. There must be. <laughs> 3DS yeah. all the way. It was actually the first generation that you couldn't go with that whole use the starter to get uber powerful and then uh, use the other for HHM team strategy. Yeah, you couldn't. You had to start building a decent team. If, if you tried doing that, it, it was impossible. It was uh-huh. really hard. <laughs> the Swampert does still have a great advantage. Well, Though that said, um, I do think this is still one of probably the more balanced starter teams. Because while Swampert is very powerful and um, overall, Blaziken and particularly for once the Grass Starter, you know, they're all kind of actually able to do stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, why I do love uh, Bulbasaur and Venusaur, and I can't really say much about uh, the second gen one, but um, for all the time, the Grass was just so slow. It was nice to actually get a very you know energetic Grass type. He loves Sceptile. That I do. But you could have a chicken that new comes. Oh, no, I love I love Blaziken a lot more than Sceptile, but Sceptile's like my favorite grass type, but Blaziken's awesome. More awesome. Yeah, who can't love the fire chicken? <laughs> Actually, question, uh, question for the, question for the uh, people more experienced than I in this in this particular game. Um, was uh, Ninjask and Shedinja third gen or later? It's third this gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I kind of like those two, and I, I I had to catch them sort of elsewhere. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, that one's yeah that one's they're pretty unique. It's like you you evolve a what's the Ninkata? Yeah, Ninkata or Ninkata. And then if you happen to have a blank spot in your team, the shed skin of the Ninkata when it involves when it evolves into Ninjask, right? Uh-huh, and then the yeah, other Ninjask. is Shedinja. Although you yeah, have to have a Pokeball it's... for some reason. It wouldn't at least maybe in, I don't know maybe it was. Maybe it was another gen, because in my third gen, it didn't want to go inside anything else except for a Pokeball. I have to look it up back in Pearl. I don't know mm. what I did up there. 
Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. I, it's like the haunted shed skin of another Pokemon. It's like that's. And if you look into the back, if you look into the opening, it's back and it would suck out your soul or something. According to the, if you believe the Pokedex entry, there's some creepy Pokemon entries in the Pokedex. If you read through in the different generations, I think uh, my friend had a good uh, theory on why. Remember who's filling out the Pokedex? Ten year olds. <laughs> oh, and they just write whatever they. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is basically Wikipedia crowdsourced to 10-year-old kids. <laughs> you know, I never actually... joy in life are shorts. <laughs> I, never actually, uh, I never actually thought about it that way, and that does actually make a surprising amount of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how Ninetales is, uh, you know, somehow nine wizards that came together for one Pokemon. Except for like, the boy that got turned into a Alakazam or whatever some of the other entries said. Yeah, like, I think it was Kadabra that, but yeah, but that, I mean, like, yeah, some of the Pokedex ones are just nightmarish ones. <laughs> well, didn't the first Ninetales ones say that you would turn to stone if you touched one of its tails? Well, you were cursed for a thousand years or something, but another one said that they were nine wizards that formed one Pokemon or something bizarre like <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> I don't know what version that was. I think it was Yellow. Oh, who knows? I mean, they they remake them every time. Yeah, the the dentries are all different. Some of them are even contradictory. It gets annoying. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, yeah, but it's just like you're trying to keep track of them. As I keep reminding myself, if you're trying to apply real-world biology to Pokemon, it's just an effort and futility, utter futility. There's actually a great um, little, I think, poster thing that someone made that – said if Pokemon were real and used actual science to with the Pokedex entries to say what would actually happen if these Pokemon existed. It's pretty cool. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I got a friend of mine. Just trying to studied, figure out breeding um, would be an, it's a nightmare. Just how do the, how you crossbreed certain ones that they don't produce hybrids? How do you get on Waylord, I guess? <laughs> Speaking of Waylord himself, um, if you look up his actual, you know, weight, um, and then, you know, figure out his volume, He's lighter than air. Yeah, a lot of other... I think uh, Ray Quaid is that way, too, the giant green dragon. Or the Groudon, as well. They're, they're, yeah, somebody needs to correct those to more accurately <laughs> reflect what they should be. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I, I just remember awesome. a, a, a friend of mine who studied um, like biology and paleobiology at university. Um, she loved occupying her time by trying to draw accurate Pokemon skeletons. <laughs> and I remember, I remember a discussion that cropped up. I think it was on her live journal about two years ago, where she tried to uh, discuss um, using science um, the mating rituals of Jigglypuff. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, they mate like snakes, and that thing on uh, that you know that little quiffy thing on Jigglypuff's head. <laughs> yeah. No! No! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! What has been seen cannot be unseen. My work here is done. You stole my job. I'm supposed to gross people out on this show. You no sense either. The uh, common, you know, the common ancestor should have the base DNA, not have all of it, and then they all descend from it or something like that. Again, just an effort in futility. Don't try to think it too much. You're gonna get a headache. Speaking of um, scary Pokemon, uh, Gardevoir, the female Pokemon, regardless of gender. Unless in fourth generation, in which case you can evolve the male into the male Curlia into the into a Gallade, of course yeah. not, and then he'll still become a female-looking Gardevoir. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I, I love Gardevoir though. They are they are pretty and they are incredibly powerful. They're very useful. Um, 
I mean, until I only I usually Gardevoir is like a teen must or delayed. You know, either one will work greatly. But no, well, delayed's a little uh, slower. I don't. I have one, but I but don't use it as often. Very powerful. It's very useful. Hmm, true. Yeah, that's a that's a fun family. I'm kind of. I mean, I, I mean, the more I think about why I don't actually like playing the third generation, so so much surfing. Um, eh, I don't mind surfing. This is something um, I meant to bring up: is that from the third generation on, it seems that the games are not adding new. They aren't adding anything new. They're just adding more. Like third generation had like seven or eight HM moves that you had to have handy all the time, and all these random kib bits that got added in. That I don't think anyone actually did, like, the Puffins and, uh... Oh, they had the Poke the Block contest. there. Yeah, cont contest. But you had, the, the, well, the berries, I guess, was tied to the to the Poke Blocks. You wanted yeah. to get Poke Blocks, you had to raise... Although, you had, like, le useful things like the Lepa Berries. They were, they you know, restored PP, which was... You couldn't buy PP restoring items. You couldn't buy Ethers and Elixirs for some bizarre reason. But, hey, you could, you know, raise a lot of, bunch of Lepa Berries and then use them instead. You can see, um, for those games in particular, though, um, I do like a lot of the Pokemon they add in the third version. Like, um, I love Tropius, I love, um, um, Gardevoir. Um, i trying to think. Oh, Whale Lord is always fun for the whale. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Blaziken, I love Sceptile. I said, uh, Whale Lord's pretty cool. Gardevoir, as I said before. I love Absol. It is a, you know, a, a magnificent Pokemon, uh, is it? Mighty can you actually make an Absol useful? I've been trying oh, to figure out how. Yes, you can actually. Okay, it, I'll, you know, I'll, we'll compare notes later then because my husband wants to know how to do that. Okay, uh, Mighty <laughs> Anna's pretty cool. I love Latios and Latias. The, uh, oh yeah, Latios and Latias. Yeah, I like them too. Groudon, Kyogre, Greyquaza, Deoxys is creepy, but something like something about it kind of I don't know, like a weird fascination of that thing. Uh, what else do I like? I know. Oh, Flygon! I love Flygon. So awesome. Yeah, Flygon is cool. He's a cool guy. Definitely one of the more, um, less broken dragons, which is saying a lot. <laughs> True. Salamander. <laughs> oh, God. Salamanx. Salamanx? Yeah, Salamanx. Uh, like Salamander Bettis. Uh, damn it. The Generation 3... Basically, the Generation 3 version of um, Typhlosion from Generation 2. Ugh. So annoying when people have those. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Electric and uh, Manectric. I like those guys, too. Yeah, they're cute. And Swellow. I like Swellow. There's a lot of Pokemon I like in this generation. I like the, the legendary guys, too. The Kyogre, Groudon, and Rayquaza. Those are pretty cool. I don't like the Reggies, though. It's just like, what are these things doing in my game? They're ugly. Get out. Yeah, they're kind of silly. They're not very good, either. They're, they're more of a, I think, you know, more useful than next gen, but that's an entirely different thing. Yeah, the, um, let's see, I think my favorite one for the third gen was probably Tropius for the new edition. Because that way, yes. if, that way if I want to have a team of all grass Pokemon, I can have one that can fly. I guess it also, third gen also had Feeboss and Milotic. Oh, my Milotic, so I love my Milotic. Sort of the ugly duckling version of Pokemon. That's pretty sweet, uh, still pretty. So, good luck caching a Feeboss. It's uh, you find it eventually. I it took I forget how how long it took me to eventually find that stupid tile, but I did. It was a nightmare. I caught like a bunch of them, eventually because oh. I wanted one that like dry poke blocks so I could just evolve it. 
That's what I did. I, I've been reading I, them ever since. They like, they like, they like the, the all my the feedbacks I have are like the ancestors of that one of those, those couple I caught from way back. Yeah, when I finally caught one in fourth gen, I just caught like I just like bred them like crazy. So yeah. I have like twelve feebas on my diamond cart. Speaking of trading, I think that's probably one thing that really you know kind of soured me with the third generation. Well, it makes sense from a programming standpoint. You know, trying to explain this to the kid. You know, why can't I trade on my old Pokemon? Yeah, that was one. That was its weak point. It didn't bother me too much because eventually it's just like, yeah, they're gonna. You know, they got they introduced the remake. They introduced Colosseum, which is a catchy old gold silver Pokemon. But yeah, that was a big complaint. I didn't like it that much. Didn't bother me too much, but it was a, still a complaint. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a complaint for me mostly because you know, me and my Eevees. So for mm. very, it's like <laughs> no Eevees in this game. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, well, at um, least I had my zigzagoon. That was enough for us for a, for a moment. It was cute. Zigzagoon. cute. At least they've been trying to make them backwards compatible ever since. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, the reason it's a program programming standpoint makes complete sense because um, with the third one, that's when they introduced the modern system IVs and EVs. I mean, they just had to completely, you know, just cut you off because it'd just be a nightmare if they had to import all those old data. That's just not running on that system. So for those of you who are not deep into the world of Pokemon, the IVs and EVs are hidden statistics that normal people in the normal co course of playing Pokemon wouldn't really notice. Yeah. But they became very, very important for people who are doing competitive battling, which I guess, I don't know, how much did it, how much did competitive battling take off in the third gen? Was it a little bit more connective than the other ones or not? Um, I still say uh, the fourth ones were really really kicked off because you know now you can actually mm -hmm. open online. But the third one, tournaments definitely took another step up because psychics no longer broken. You actually have you know systems where not everyone Pokemon's created equal thanks to the um, IVs. Yeah. Of course, how well you um train and with the EVs makes a big difference. The sad thing is I understand both systems perfectly well. I just hate doing them, so I don't even bother. Like, I watch my friends, um, you know, EV and IV train. I just go, I know what you're doing. I could do it myself. But, you know. I, I just, yeah. I, I, it used to be like that, but then it's just like, I can, com, you know, competitively battle. I, you know, I want to be in the same level. I battled some kid at the Pokemon, when it was still the Pokemon Center in New York. Now it's Nintendo World, but when it's still the Pokemon Center, I battled some random guy I met there. He completely trounced me with his EV trained Pokemon from then, like, Yes, I'll I'll do this stuff. But I I stop, I draw the line IV breeding because it's annoying. It's just on top of getting the right nature and maybe the right ability. And in my case, I like getting the right gender because I like giving them nick appropriate nicknames. You have to get you know you have to you have to uh, get some way to get its levels up usually by battling somebody over Wi-Fi to get its stats at 100 or 50, and then see if its IVs are good. And if it's not good, you have to try again. No, no, no. I'm gonna no, no. Just give me the right nature and maybe the right ability, maybe the right gender. Maybe I, I sometimes stop there too if it's too annoying, and I'll just start start with this. I mean, it's something once like I've got a Garchomp that actually has low attack IV, a, a, a Murkrow, a Honchkrow. I mean, you know, a giant crow has more attack power. And a giant shark dragon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never bothered to get into that world. And then you noticed how that worked when when we had a Pokemon game night, and Cassandra showed up with her IV and EV trained Pokemon, right. and the rest of us were like, After a while, "We just like, finished Soul Silver, and here's what we used to fight the Elite Four. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I, after a while, I tried to okay, let's try use my non EV trained Pokemon, but they're still pretty tough anyway. <laughs> they still kicked all of our butts. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I, 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 I never bother. I, I never bother ID training my stuff. Really, I just, I can't get into it. I find it too difficult. It's the time consuming. I mean, it's not oh. difficult. And I've got Poke Rush, so that makes things easier. Because it gives you double EVs. So mm -hmm. you just you infect your uh, Pokemon, uh, and there you go. Anyway, uh, I got this after I tried. Hmm? I think. Um, Cassandra, if we ever resume it, she's, I think, like, set up to go as the finalist or something like that. I mean, the Elite Four, but, I, lost um, to, oh. I lost to the guy with the electric types. Uh, it was a very close match, though. So close. If I, even if my Torterra had uh, gotten a critical, I would have won that, but what can I do? Yeah, um, well, the sad thing is, that's my own tournament. I lost the first round. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, like, yeah, losing the first round of your own tournament. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, that that's mostly because I can make a good team. I, I train that team. Hmm. But no, I'm. I've read it. It sounds awful. Do we want to move into fourth gen? Uh, well, yes. actually, let's just let's just stop because I want to mention that there is a there was an attempt in the third gen to sort of kind of have an interesting uh sub story or uh, i guess the sub, what do you call it the subplot with team aqua and team magma yeah you, you were still a starting trainer though interestingly you were the child of a new gym leader you, you were apparently also from johto that was only for ruby and sapphire though that wasn't an emerald for some reason and uh you but on, along the way you had these two you know environmental extremists team magma wanted to raise wanted to rate, make more Earth so that humans and Pokemon could have more land for them. And Team Aqua, for some reason, wanted to create more water so that water Pokemon would have more habitats. The magma guys had to make more sense because there's a lot more water on the surface than Earth, but whatever. And then, so, you know, you have to try to stop them in their plans, but somehow they still continue with them along, and then eventually they found one of the legendaries in either version. You know, Ruby had Groudon and Kyogre had Sapphire, or an Emerald, they have found both of them. And by awakening these, you know, massive beasts that went to war a long time ago and, you know, ruined the planet and nearly wrecked the planet, they, th again, threatened the planet again. Kyogre makes the sun go bright and the water levels start dry dr drastically. Kyogre makes it rain torrentially. And you have to go and calm the, you know, Pokemon before they ruin the planet. I'm not sure how Emerald played out. I guess they were all going to fight each other. And then Rayquaza comes down and somehow stops yeah, I played Emerald this summer. That's more or less what happens. Yeah, because again, it's it's not that much theory, much more serious than uh, you know the original games, but it's more involved. I mean, that's what I liked about that. It was a bit more of an involved plot than just oh, Team Rocket again, stop them before they come back. You had to calm the legendaries, and I love legendary yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely the first step in really trying to get an involved plot, which they're getting better with every consecutive gen. And I'm actually, the third, fifth one, actually, I'm kind of, can't wait to see what they did with that. Well, before we can go on the fifth one, or... Fourth one. Fourth yeah, one. Yeah, before, no, well, before we can even think about buying the fifth one, you guys need to talk about the fourth one when we come back. Pokemon! 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 Let's do it! I wanna be the very best that won't ever want. I guess is my real test. Let's 
back to talk about the fourth and what won't really be the latest generation for much longer, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, I believe, right? Is that the right and one? Platinum. Platinum. And Platinum. And Platinum. Okay. Can't keep track of all these guys. This one was uh, released on the Nintendo DS in North America on April 22nd, 2007, I think. Give or take a few weeks or days or something. I think so. Yeah. Yep. And this one, I don't know if you could bow to it once, but you did get to play on two screens. Did that revolutionize the game? No. No. Pushing <laughs> things is fat, technically faster than go scrolling through a menu. That's about the, it. The, the menus in, the, the interface in general in, in Diamond and Pearl, at least, I haven't played um, Platinum, um, didn't really take good advantage of the DS. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> But it did have all 493 Pokemon, right? Uh, I think most. If of you them. if you had access if you had access to an action replay, sure. It had most. Of them, <laughs> I believe. I mean, some of them you definitely have to import from earlier generations for sure. Yeah. Now, luckily for you, the remakes of the first generation and the and the third generation ones were GBA games, and yeah. so you could stick them into the GBA and slot. And get those Pokemon. Yeah, and there was a PAL park that you could use to transfer them off of those GBA things into your Diamond and Pearl game. Of course, they made you catch them again in the PAL park minigame, which was kind of obnoxious. But, yeah, you know. but at least, you know, you throw the ball, you caught the stupid thing, that's it. Yeah, at least you just had to find it. Yeah, and also, yeah, and event legendaries were a bit easier to get because they either had, you know, either had the online, you know, distributed on, over online via mystery event, or it was someplace, at least for me, easy to get to, Toys R Us or GameStop. That's how I got yeah. my, my yeah, new, my Because you live in New York City. <laughs> I live in on Long Island. I mean, yes, it's like a 45-minute drive, but it's not that close. Well, it's a little closer than Canada. Well, I am. <laughs> they, sometimes they just didn't release anything at all. And it's a little, it's a smidge bit closer than Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got me, I got my Celebi, I got my, Ar, I got Arceus, and, uh, and, you know, and Deox, well, Deox said to get the uh, Pokemon Ranger, that was annoying. Right, well, I, I can tell you, it's this, it's things like this. I don't have to worry about the event legendaries, because Action Replay, it's there. It works. Go, go ahead, get them. I like to try to get them legally. I did, but I got my Deoxys. I finally caught them all. Yay. Well, unfortunately, Oops. Nintendo doesn't tend to have advanced in Scotland, so... The, 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 this is an interesting point, though, because I think um, with the advent of the Wi-Fi connectivity, there's also been a resurgence in various Pokemon hacks and tricks, and one that I particularly have access to that I used to get my event Pokemon, because I live in the um, neglected land of Canadon. Um <laughs> You can, um, there's the GTS, which is the global trade system where you can go on and put your Pokemon up for sale and you can see that every six-year-old in the universe has asked for a level 100 legendary Pokemon and is offering a level 5 Rattata. <laughs> Sometimes you can find, like if you put up a decent enough, you know, yeah. offer, you If you, you put get up it. something good so, yeah, and I, have I, a good I, trade, you can usually make it, but God forbid you try to find something oh yeah, yeah don't bother like i i offered a you know i wanted a raikou because i didn't get one for some reason i can't remember i off no i want no i had a raikou i wanted a dialga and you know i got the trade it was fair i traded you know female starters for other female starters yeah. 
I, I actually in the when I was able to catch a Severper and a um, oh, what's the other one? The Fire Turtle thing. They're oh. kind of rare third gen ones that are hard to get in the fourth gen. I could trade those things for almost anything for people who only had Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> But anyway, so there's this GTS and some enterprising hacker type people found a way and wrote a program that actually spoofs being the GTS. So you set your um, cartridge's DNS to the DNS of your machine and this thing spoofs the GTS and you can send any Pokemon file into your game because <laughs> it makes it your um, game think that it's connecting to Nintendo's system when it's actually just connecting to your computer. Um, so that's what I used to get my event Pokemon when I yeah. wanted to catch them all and had no other access to the event Pokemon because usually people want other event Pokemon for event right. Pokemon. Exactly. So I was like, well, what do I do? Same here. I mean, I, I would do the same. I, it's good. I mean, it's kind of annoying because I had to get like, well, I had to buy a copy of Ranger, play it through, then rent another copy of Ranger and get a friend of mine to help me get that blasted Deoxys. But it was well, like, was it worth it? It was kind of worth it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I hear all this stuff, and I tell you, the action replay solves all these problems. <laughs> it, it, it's really easy. It's really simple. The, 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 there's a cheat on the action replay that what it does is um, you type in, you, you access the action of the, your um, PokeWalker's uh, calculator, and um, you type in the number of the Pokemon you want. You type in the uh, the level you want it to start at. And then you type in one or two for if you want it to be male or female, and then there's another number whether or not you want it to be a shiny. And then you go out into the wild, and then the next Pokemon that appears in the wild is what you typed in. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. It's simple. I think that's oh, that's not nearly as much fun as fooling your cartridge into thinking you're <laughs> connecting to the GTS. But what? it's much more simple. And it's True. much you more simple than buying uh, 10,000 other games and having to beat them and having to connect to them and whatnot <laughs> just I to could, get one Pokemon. I could write an encyclopedia could... about what I had to do to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you really wanted to take the time with it, you could probably sit there and use that cheat and go through 1 through 493 if you really wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I've got a level 1 Blastoise if you put it in there. <laughs> Catch that rare level one Mewtwo. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Cheat. Um, RPG backtrack does not advocate cheating, even though we give lots of spoilers on the show. Okay, there. I had to put in the disclaimer get, for the yeah. lawyers. Go to your local Toys R Us or GameStop. Uh-huh. And well, well, Phil, you're counterintuitive because you have me on almost every episode, and I'm probably the biggest cheater on the site. <laughs> 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 I cheat on everything, especially PC games. Well, you know, I I don't really have a problem cheating in the single player aspect of things, no, but I, if you go hacking your Pokemon to fight other oh, people's Pokemon, yeah. then you're a loser. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, Although I, some people I, just I, hack them to make them, you know, like like the levels they would be at if you spent the time to do it. So that must be nice for them. It's just like here's something that you could do that you know, spending hours EV training and breathing right just by punching numbers in an action replay or whatever. Well, um, I I never cheat when it comes to multiplayer things, but there are certain games that I cheat my ass off when it comes to single player things, especially on the PC games. I mean, you got to think games like pe the people like Bioware and what they left in those developer consoles for a reason. Yeah, they want you to mod the game. <laughs> if they think you're a good modder, they give you a job writing, which you will eventually leave to write alternate history uh, books about dragons in the Napoleonic Wars. 
<laughs> if you're, if, <laughs> or so if you like, that. like me and you have a game like Dragon Age and whatnot, and you can use it to make it to where your character can one hit kill just about everything. <laughs> Hang on, we're getting off topic, surely. Mm. Sure we are. Fourth generation. Okay. Yeah. So favorite Pokemon? I have there. To me, there's kind of fewer of them in here. Like the newer, some of the very new ones, like the, more, the original ones, were highly creative. It seems like every generation are getting more and more complex in design, which I guess fits, you know, the more advanced game. But it's just like they ran out of creative juices early, and then they just threw in all these, you know, unnecessary. Some of them were, I guess, necessary, but other kinds are just like unnecessary or ugly design, or just why are you there? Evolutions and free evolutions. I mean, who asked for that? You know, ugliest thin Magmortar. Or the, there was um the one thing about that's good about the fourth generation though is that um the fourth generation next to the first probably has the best generation of starters though. Mm. Well, yeah, I, well, I guess in terms of battle, not so much in design. I mean, I kind of like I mean I kind of like Chimchar, but more for uh, Infernape. But I don't. It's like my least favorite uh, among my least favorite of fire starters. It's definitely below Typhlosion. I think I only like the the pig starter a little worse than that. But, Maybe uh, we'll I, have to try it I, I, first. I, I think Torterra is probably oh. the, the the best grass starter Torterra of them all. Pretty, you know, Torterra is pretty yeah. good. I had one in my uh my my team for that uh, tournament. Clicks was trying was starting up, attempting to. I mean, and... you really, you really can't oh, argue with a turtle that has a giant tree on its back. <laughs> I mean, that's just awesome. Yay! Migros and Polion. Oh was yeah, giant. Thing. Yeah, giant steel. I guess it's, I guess they kind of like designed a little. Yeah, it's, it's giant water penguin that swings or swords. <laughs> Although Empoleon is kind of weak towards the end of the game, though. It has a lot of weaknesses. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he's, he's probably the weakest of, the, of all four of the water starters. I still went with I still went with Piplup, though, to get Empoleon. <laughs> okay, he, he is definitely cool looking. Yeah. He, is, he is. Probably one of the cooler of the... Other favorite ones for me in that gen is um, I actually like Roserade. I mean, uh, yeah, it was okay, I guess. I mean, Roserade's pretty cool. So my favorite there. Uh, I love I love Lucario. Lucario is my favorite in that gen. Yes. Gen. Oh, Lucario. Uh, Lucario. Who doesn't I love like. Lucario? Garchomp is pretty cool. I love I, I love Garchomp. Uh, uh, get uh, come on, come on, come on. The Electric Lion. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the, the the Electric. Lux, yeah. The whole line, the, the line of the Electric Lions. How can I forget? It's also no. Yeah, Luxio, Luxray. Yeah, Lu- yeah. yeah. Shake Luxio and Luxray, they're awesome. Punch Pro, I, I kind of got to like because I got like battling skills, but it's, again, another evolution. Yeah, I, I like Punch Pro, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. Um, and you can't forget Drifloon. Drifloon. <laughs> oh, the ghost. The ghost Pokemon ghost that drags blue. children into the underworld. <laughs> I mean, that's just awesome. Yeah, the, the ghost hunter. I love They're awesome looking. Uh, the the legendaries that I love. I mean, I love the legendary legendary Pokemon in general. But you you got Dialga's pretty awesome looking. Palkia's not as awesome looking, but very dang cool battle wise. Giratina's like this massive basilic zombie dragon thing that is giant shadow dragon. Matter. Griselia is pretty. You had the adorable, you know, the the three pretty pixies: Mesprit, Uxie, and uh uh. Come on. Azelf. Yeah, there you go. I have my Pokédex open is awesome. It is, you know, the creator deity of the entire Pokemon universe. Shaman is adorable. 
And then there's Regigigas, which is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, and there's um, um, Darkrai. Darkrai is pretty cool. Well, Darkrai is pretty cool. And it comes Cresselia. To... Cresselia. Arg. I wasted. I didn't waste my Master Ball, <laughs> but that's. I, I had to. You pretty much had to use my Master Ball on that bastard. Yeah. Arceus was an event Pokemon, wasn't he? Yes, but that's, he's still cool. I have, I have three of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally legit. I just oh, think it's pretty awesome that you have Poke God in your Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, I, I I transferred I transferred Arceus over to the um to um Soul Silver so I could introduce Joey and his Rotata to Poke God. <laughs> completely dominate his team with Arceus and just stand there with Where's your God now? <laughs> He's my Pokeball. Or he's right behind you, or maybe he's standing right behind you, just imposing. <laughs> you know what's a really fun team to do is to get a Arceus, um, Palkia, Dialga, and then uh, Groudon, Kyogre, and um, Rayquaza. Rayquaza, and have all the creator Pokemon on one team. Well, Groudon <laughs> and Kyogre weren't meant to be creators. They are meant to be, you know, starters. They were, you know, they spread the land and they spread the seeds, and, Ky- and Rayquaza calmed them down. These, that, that's one. That's one reason I like these games. It's introduced like, uh, like more in the way of Pokemon mythos, more in the way of lore for these creatures. Introduced an actual, uh, you know, a origin myth, a creation yeah. story, you know, and something that resembled many, you know, real world mythologies and religions. You know, there was in the beginning there was chaos, and then an egg appeared, and from it arose the original one, implied to be Arceus. And then it created two other beings from itself, probably three, but for some reason Giratina's forgotten. It, you know, one one created time, one created space, and it created three beings that would represent will, emotions, and knowledge, and these would give rise to spirit. You know, the uh, emo, you know, spirits of living beings, and then all together they created the universe, and then they went back to their own pocket universes, or the Lake Trio went to their lakes for some reason. It's just like, wow, it finally has lore. This is really awesome. They're starting to uh, develop if, the world. Yes, exactly. If I remember, if I remember correctly, Giratina was supposed to be the personification of antimatter. Yeah, but they don't mention it in the myth for some reason. When some of them say that it was banished to there or something, or like, like it's the Renegade Pokemon. Like, why is it? It was or it was banished because it was violent. Like, what did it do? It's just because it's antimatter, so it hits with matter, and then everything starts, you know, exploding. I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't look too deeply into the lore of Pokemon because yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's cool. Especially since that... that's true. Well, I just saying, like, like many actual mythologies from different areas, you know, it'll contradict each other in well, different yeah, generations. I don't, and stuff. I don't know how much of that is true. The Pokemon are real because you can catch them and you can fight with them. But is Arceus really God, or is it just the most powerful Pokemon in existence, quote unquote? Is yeah. <laughs> Well, the, um... that, that all depends if uh, Arceus can create microwave of burritos so hot that he himself could not eat it. Summoning <laughs> <laughs> godly beings. Yes, the ability oh. to microwave really hot burritos. Keep in mind, of course, with uh, future generations, there are probably things that are even greater than Arceus. Well, they don't. They, the other thing in uh, the first, ge- uh, in the next generation, uh, the uh, sorry, Zec- Reshiram and Zekarim don't appear to. Be- have anything greater than Arceus, and even though they are the uh, even though they are the Yin and Yang Pokemon, they don't appear to have any control over these things. They don't seem to represent it. They are the legend says that they were once one dragon, but that were owned by two brothers. But the brothers fought, and it split into 
two separate dragons, which I guess makes sense in the yin and yang part, but they don't, they're, they're not, like, they don't control anything. And they're like, they're sort of like taking a step back to the second generation where they're like, they're really powerful, but they're not influential in the world somehow. Well, they again. probably realized that they really couldn't yeah. just keep going. <laughs> what are they going to do? Make the master of all the Pokemon multiverse or something? <laughs> well, it could be that, uh, it could be that um, Arceus is simply the god of um, Shino or, you know, the greater Japanese-inspired area. Might could be, be, could be. I mean, it, they kind of look like Dialga and Palkia, so my initial idea was that they were yet another incarnation of Arceus, but that, that, uh-huh. seems, that seems to have fallen through. I mean, at, least, at least not yet. Maybe they'll introduce it later. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm actually happy that they're finally um, leaving Japan, but that's an entirely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, let's see. For fourth gen, also, I'm, there's another fake Pokemon I didn't give a squeeze in earlier, but Togekiss. <laughs> Togekiss. I mean, well, the thing is, I back in the, you know, I always try to make use of that Togepi you got back in the second gen, but Togetic can't do anything. True. It can um, use it, metronome. It does have good, does have good stats, doesn't it? I, again, I just don't like all those. You know, just it's, it's so lazy. Why did you introduce so many legend, so many evolutions? I, I like the legendary. <laughs> I know, but at the same time, some of the some of the evolutions were pretty nice. I mean, oh, yeah. Toge, I mean, I mean, actually, like the moment I evolved Togekiss into no Togetic and Togekiss, I was like, can stats increase that much in one instant? It went from <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pokemon into being like one of my fastest. Again, I admit I do love the fact that Han, you know, Murkrow becomes a really awesome dark type of the Honchkrow because I, I looked through all the dark types and none of them really, either they were too weak or they were too ugly. And then eventually just like, hey, this bird's not bad. I don't want to really use this thing because it's kind of weird looking, but I got kind of, I grew to like it. it. It grew to be awesome. And I named him Kier because he's cool. There are definitely, even through the fourth generation with almost 500 Pokemon, still sort of neglected corners of the pokeverse like ghost type pokemon never really found their niche they've got giratina though i mean crap. well yeah but i mean just in general like the number of water types well yeah, yeah that's true there's like a billion water types and the ghost types yeah. like their moves are not in general very powerful most of them and they just yeah. they don't serve a huge purpose on your team most of the time i guess i think shadow force is like that's probably yeah. the strongest ghost type only learned by by giratina and then dark type, I guess, I guess the dark type Pokemon, like the dark moves were spread around to a lot of different Pokemon. So you don't often yeah. need a strict dark type. And I'm guessing that was probably just try to counter the overpowered psychic ones. But I always yeah, have like, a single dark type just because I like them. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I, I, I tried to find a place for Hunchcrow on my second gen team, but Chompy had crunch and that was really <laughs> all I needed. Let's <laughs> see. Um, but no, the, I mean, I'm actually one thing I did um, over the summer was a, uh, out of curiosity, kind of chart and see kind of the evolutions of type coverage, you know, mm-hmm. what types get coverage in each gen. And like, for example, like a fire type has begun really little over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and that's actually something I'm looking forward for the next one is they actually took some of the lesser done types and gave more. In fact, mm-hmm. was given very little in the next gen. What was given very little? Water. Water, Water. yeah. I I was trying to look for a good, like, I kind of already looked up what team I might make because I could look up its stats and look at the Pokemon. Don't talk Um, too much about it. I don't want to be I'm I'm just going to... It's either they're ugly or they're not good in the stat-wise. And eventually I settled on, fine, I'll just pick the Water starter. I don't usually do this, but it's actually pretty dang cool looking. 
Yep, I'm going to use the water starter, even if its original form looks all sad and wimpy. Yeah, but it's got the, it's got the giant otter, you know, sea yeah. samurai armor. That's pretty cool. With a, with a shell hat that's yeah. got a giant point on it. It's like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, rawr! It's yeah, a giant nice. unicorn horn. Yeah, yes. but, uh, you know, where we are right now in the fourth January thing with the 490s. Yeah, uh, 90, about, I think, 97 was the number. There's 97 part water types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One fifth of the entire collection is water. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, you know, there's I mean, a lot yes, of it, water. It, it, I mean, yeah, we, this is Earth. We're the water planet, but still, you know, then there's like, I think, like very little dragons, very little ghosts. Mm-hmm. Fire's not that big. Electric's not too far behind. I mean, there's some types that just don't yeah. have coverage. Well, I think, the, I think dragon is good to have fairly sparse coverage because they're pretty powerful and yeah they have a lot of resistances well, i think the thing yeah. is with dragons is you know if you made more weak ones and made a couple more in number the you know overpoweredness could be probably you know compensated a bit better or give them a yeah, lot but a lot i don't know i'm okay with dragons being kind of rare you know they're dragons yeah a lot of them have like double weaknesses to ice and such which makes it a bit easier even the you know tough ones like garchomp and uh, god that garchomp ah yeah, yeah if, if, if you're like me, and, low. if you're like me and always have the entire team of water, then uh, you always have that one that has ice beam to counter any dragons you encounter. Yay. I don't give mine ice beam. I mean, they they unless they're better at physical attacking, which is something like ice bang or whatever. Well, at, at, as long as your Pokemon are of comp- a comparable level, ice beam can pretty much one hit kill any dragon you might counter. Except <laughs> Kingdra. Except Kendra, yeah. Except Use a dragon move or, you know, start firing off a bunch of those ice beams. I don't know. As a dragon fan, I don't like Kingdra very much because it's not really a dragon. It's a freaking seahorse. <laughs> you know, the Japanese, they are dragon's lost child or something bizarre like that. I have to look that up again. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's why they consider them. Just like, you know, we, we might, like, it's a Komodo dragon. Instead, they see a, instead of yeah. seahorse, they see a miniature sea dragon, I guess. Mm. What are you doing? But why would you need another sea dragon? You've got Gyarados and all his awesomeness. Because it's a seahorse, and seahorses are seen as sea dragons? I don't know. It's a cultural language thing. Yep. I mean, they've got a, another water dragon, Palkia. That thing is insane. But of course, it's, a, it's an uber-legendary. It's not fair to use in competition anyway. Less is against the magic harp. Yeah, I guess the the fourth generation is where competitive battling really took off, and it's also where the crazy rules of competitive battling and like the the serious competitive battlers have have um, looked at all the statistics and ranked the Pokemon into different brackets. Yeah, so different you can only tiers, they call them. yeah different tiers, so you can only fight Pokemon in certain ranges of tiers, and you're not allowed to use this Pokemon, this and you're tier, not allowed, right. to, and no one's ever allowed to use Wobbuffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, why oddly, no, why like, no Wobbuffet? Because, because, oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, basically, it can you can use it to counter pretty much every move, and it has enough HP that it'll likely last. You can make it use Encore, so that if you'll keep repeating the same move, and it has Shadow Tag, so you can't switch out your Pokemon. It used to be much less tougher because you could just switch in a Dark type, and it'll uselessly try to mirror move the Dark move attack. It'll go right through the Dark type and slash the thing to death. But if you don't start with the right Pokemon, it'll it'll counter. And plus, dark moves are no longer just special. They are physical or special. So that throws off that plan entirely. But if you do start with dark type. 
Yeah, they did change in the fourth generation. They put in physical and special moves. Was that fourth when they did that? That was fourth. Yeah. They made different kinds of moves. But yeah, basically with Wobbuffet, you could knock out like half of somebody's team without trying very hard if you yeah. have the right combination of moves. So they basically banned him from most <laughs> yeah. competitive things. Or you'd start getting everybody taking out their Wobbuffet all the time. <laughs> Wobbuffet. <laughs> uh, the fourth, yeah, the fourth gen and overall introduced a lot more, um, you know, kind of a, annoyance strategies more than you know outright, you know, physical sprawling strategies. For example, of course, this is where we get the nightmarish move that is a uh, rock. No, what is it? Rock throw. Stealth rock. Hell, stealth what? rock. I think you're thinking stealth oh, rock. Oh, stealth rock. Oh god, yeah. stealth rock. You put up basically these rocks would constantly smash into your Pokemon and do a lot of damage at the beginning of whenever they're switched in, and depending on their type, it'll do more damage to it. I had what did I give? I, I gave it to one of my Pokemon. I forget which one. So yeah, I have that move too. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I uh, know. I mean, and then of course, uh, this is probably the worst thing with fourth gen, and you know, if you're playing a Diamond and Pearl, not Platinum, uh, the just overabundance of the um. Bronzong family. Oh, God. Yeah, and he had to guess. Was this one weak against fire or was weak against uh, Earthquake? It made it even worse in uh, Diamond, um, you know, Diamond and Pearl where, you know, if you didn't choose the fire starter, I well, hope you got that Ponyta. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't choose it, just that was it. You're, you got your Ponyta. You didn't have anything too well, I believe. Or even if it did, I don't think it was very powerful. No, 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 there was only a Ponyta. There was, was only Ponyta. I brought in my Charizard from my Fire Red through the Pal Park as soon I, as I could. I, I traded my, my sister wanted Piplup. I had to I had to pick a, among, I had to, I had to take a Chimchar and trade it to her so she could use it in order to play her game. And I picked, you know, I kept my monkey because I like Chimchar and I like Inferni. Yay. Yeah, but no, I mean, no, boy, the, I mean, that was one thing I'm really glad with Platinum is, you know, the balance because you need fire in Shino and there's just no fire. Yes, that you do. Made even better with the, um, of course, uh, Fire Elite Trainer and the Platinum and uh, no uh, Diamond and Pearl. And of course, he has like three Platinum, no, three Fire types. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he was Flint. Flint, Flint. Yes, his name is Flint. He hasn't, he looks like he has an Afro of some sort. And yeah, he only uses three Fire types. The rest use Fire moves, but they aren't Fire types. And, yes. Um, yeah. There's also a lot of fire. Fire has a lot of room to grow in terms of um, um, double pairings of different double typings. There's a lot of double types that haven't been used. Like the fifth generation is introducing the first ever fire psychic Pokemon who's going to be an event Pokemon. So it's kind of cool if they're actually growing that. It's also an alternate form of uh, one of, of Darmanitan. If it gets down to below 53 HP, I think it'll, it turns into a fire psychic type and it's uh, special defenses and uh, special defense and special attack increases, interestingly enough. Yeah, no, but yeah, fire is, um, you know, your best friend, you know, and it's just in low demand. Uh-huh. Or low supply. Yeah, low supply. Right. Low supply. Right. I just <laughs> had around. Yeah. The fifth, the fourth gen, the... yeah. The fourth gen also introduced some interesting new ways to evolve things. For instance, some of the EVs, you have to level them up in a certain area of the world. Um, yep. to, to, yeah. to get them there so they did some more um and and they have uh when did hap when did happiness evolution come in oh that was second generation that, that was second gen but it was yeah. really rare yeah it was on yeah it was uncommon it wasn't it's it's a lot more of... it became more common in fourth gen i think 
Yeah, 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 because Lucario needed to evolve by happiness during the day for some reason. Yeah, so basically you had to run around with the Pokemon a lot and fight them in battle and try not to knock them out too often. Give them items and give them haircuts or massages or whatever it was during that day. Oh, yeah, the creepy Pokemon massage. (laughs) Actually, the best way is, you know, just uh, putting your Pokewalker for about a week. That should do it. (laughs) Yeah, that you can't do that in fourth gen. And yeah, the original. You have to transfer it back yeah, to heart, yeah. gold, and still silver. But then, if you transfer it back to your pearl and diamond, it won't like you anymore because you traded it, you jerk. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm trying to remember what is the oddest tra- evolution. I think this one really introduced a real wacky one. I just can't remember what it is. Mm, let me think here. But it's like, how would anyone figure that out without a guide? Well, there was the Phoebus can only evolve yeah. into Melotic yeah, by being beautiful. Well, I don't know oh. about evolution, but I know like getting Spirit Tom is a headache because you have to. Oh my goodness. It can only be with one other person, and it has to be in the underground, which is actually a pretty cool, like the version mini game thing where you can dig, well, you like a, a, to dig into the ground to get special items by tapping on the screen. I like that. Yeah. I, I liked that. Like, I played lots of underground. Yeah, I did. I didn't like having to make sure I had. I didn't have a second DS at the time. I had to eventually get one, and then they had to like constantly meet my sister underground because she was the one available at the time. Yeah, that's. But, I met my husband thirty times in the underground because <laughs> basically he gave me his DS and yeah, I just did it. To basically, get that dang thing. So yeah, it was just it was a, it was more annoying than it was. But it's not an evolution. That's just a ghost, yeah, a freaky ghost bomb. Thing. Spirit Tomb is cool. what a Spirit Tomb. Spirit yeah. Tomb or Spirit Tom? I thought it was like Spirit Bomb, like, you know. Oh, I thought it was Spirit Tomb, as in it's a, it comes out of a tomb. Well, well I guess then it gets like a hundred eight spirits trapped in a in a rock. So maybe it's Spirit Tomb. Uh, isn't Spirit? I think Spirit Tomb is one of the few Pokemon that doesn't have any um, doesn't have any type weaknesses. Not immediately. It's yeah. a dark and ghost type, so it negates pretty much every weakness. But if you use Foresight or I think Odor Sleuth on it, you can expose its weakness to fighting attacks and then bam but it's but the, the or it's crappy yeah except that or scrappy except that uh their their stats that and stabilize a pokemon introduced in the third generation are pretty weak stat wise so it's you know you can pretty much just beat with any other move you don't have to i think yeah though, i think spirit tomb is stronger than sabelie yeah, oh, it's still not it's not yeah. very strong well spirit tomb they were doing something with it for a while in early on in the fourth gen where it was on everybody's competitive battle teams, it was some sort of big advantage, and then people well, figured out how to beat it. Didn't they do something awful, like make give it either, like uh, make it uh, what you call it, uh, uh, a wonder guard from uh, that you only learn by. Come on, come on, come on, Shedinja. Uh, Shedinja, yeah. Yeah, they, they they cheated. They gave it wonder guard, so that means it only like it can only be beaten by its weakness, and it doesn't have an immediate weakness. You can't beat the dang thing. That is unfair. Mm. And well, then it yeah. got outlawed. Yeah. Yeah, because um, uh, we because uh, um, Shedinja, back when we mentioned it, is an interesting um, little Pokemon because it has it, yeah we mentioned Wonder, that it, Wonder, it, it, Wonder, yeah, Wonder ability, so it can't it is only affected by moves that are special effects against it, but it has only one hit point. It always has one hit point. It, yeah, it, uh, it dies as soon as it gets hit by a flying or you know fire move or whatever. But yeah, uh, putting on Spirit Tomb is unfair. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Don't forget, um, Stoltfrak will take out a um, Sedinja before he even can breathe. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like, yep, there goes a rock. Rock smashed it. I think I first encountered Stealth Rock in the Elite Four. Does one of them have it, I think? 
Hmm, not sure. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I remember because I I never battle competitively, and so I just remember running into some sort of NPC who had stealth rock, and I was like, "What the?" Uh, I recall running into it in the battle tower, which I tried to climb, and I I got pretty far. Oh, and Pearl, I got up to sixty something before I got no fifty something before I got knocked out. Just like I won't try this for a while. It was so hard. Oh God, the Barrett Tower. I mean, as far as I can get there is the first battle with um, Palmer. I got, yeah, I got, I got. I, got I, I can usually beat him occasionally, but that even that battle's hard. I can't even imagine doing anything after that. Well, the Battle Tower kind of assumes that you've started EV and IV breeding your Pokemon. Yeah, you need to do it for that pretty much. Yeah. You could try yeah. without it, but you pretty much need it if you want to go anywhere further than you know the first twenty or something. And even me, who, but I, I don't IV. Maybe that's because I don't IV breed, so because of that, I don't have nearly perfect stats on my Pokemon, so they aren't as strong as they can be. Except my Infernape is awesome. It has almost max stats everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so because I don't go the extra mile and everything. That said, um, oh, speaking of the Battle Tower, the reason you would ever want to go there, the Battle Points. Mm-hmm. So you can exchange them for hard-to-find TMs and items. Yep. Much. Or just move, you know, the move tutors. Oh, tutors, yes, the move tutors. Mm-hmm. Um, very useful thing if you want to, you know, get those just rare, super hard to get moves. But boy, if it's hard to do that. I actually found the best way to do it is, uh, you know, do a multiplayer on the battle tower. That's the fastest way to earn up the points. I never mm. did that. I only did single player. Yeah, I mean, if you do single player, though, you can be there like all night. Yeah, I, I've done I've done plenty yeah. of stretches of that. That's why I just gave up a, a, some time ago when I was just like, I, oh, I think I gave up because I was just no more. I didn't need any more points. It was just like, okay, I don't need more points. I don't need more TMs. That's it. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't have anyone to battle tower with because my husband tends to get bored when he beats the elite four, and I take I, I go through quite a bit of the games after that. So it's just not fair when we fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like uh, what was it? Uh, trying to do my EV team and everything. Um, I was very much lacking a fighting move and only one Eevee can learn a fighting move and I had to get like 80 something points to get that fighting move. Yikes. That just took forever. It was a superpower on Flareon. Ah. Uh, very good one. I mean, I mean that uh, Flareon almost took down a um, well-trained uh, Emporion in one hit. Mm. Nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my uh, friend did not see uh, Flareon coming um, to actually take down uh, Emporion. Hmm. Uh. yeah one thing that would be nice in the future the fourth gen was kind of cool because it introduced wi-fi and stuff like that but it's still kind of clunky their online options yeah i'm hoping it'll be better in the fifth gen because for one thing if you're trading pokemon in the fourth generation with someone else so you hit trade and then you see a big long animation of your Pokeball flying through the sky. Oh, and then you the see a big long animation long. of the Pokemon yeah. going back through the sky. <laughs> and and then, then I think it actually exchanges the data after all of that is played. Because then you sit there for a while. Okay. The animations yeah. are getting ridiculous. I do hope the animations still, you know, can be turned off in book five. We'll see. Huh. Even so. when you do turn them off, like the weather effects are really annoying. The way oh, well, the fifth one got rid. The like, fifth one just has the weather effects in the background. You don't oh, that's actually. Good. That's good because yeah, it's, it's like it is raining. I know. <laughs> Your Pokemon is in the rain. Okay, can I get to the next round of battle now? 
Hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Um. I was uh got really a uh, over the summer. No, over the summer I played um uh emerald on uh emulator, and I put the speed up to like six hundred percent with no bow animations. It was like heaven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I completed an entire battle in a minute. Nice. Did the fourth generation actually add anything really interesting for gameplay? I'm trying to remember. Well, oh, other than improved battling and such, I mean. Yeah, it had the, it, it added a lot to the battle system. Yeah, like I, I know they really revamped how attacks worked, but I don't think they added like anything particularly interesting to any new fiddly bits to mess around with. More is the ability themselves and the uh, attacks. You know, they start getting kind of crazy with some of the effects you can pull off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can use a lot more strategic moves, but they're probably only useful if you're multiplayer playing because, honestly, the single-player game just isn't that hard. Well, except for the battle it. tower. Yeah, except for the battle, battle tower. But and I mean, and Cynthia's Garchomp. Oh, uh, yeah. Cynthia's I hate oh, that Cynthia's thing. Garchomp. Yeah, I think I had trouble yeah. with that one. Well, Cynthia has perfect IV. She's the only one in the game. Yeah. I I think at one point I just got so pissed off with her. I I gave an ice plate to my Arceus and 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 let him do it. <laughs> That's cheating. That is outright cheating. Hey, no, this was a second time through. Give me a break. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the oh, divine okay. ret- literal <laughs> divine retribution. Yeah. <laughs> that was for causing me so much trouble, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, okay, uh, second no, first, time, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, first no, first time round, I I I I actually I, I chose Pitlop as my starter, but I I got a a Torterra on the GTS just by putting up a level one Eevee. greatest trade ever. Wow. Um, nice. and I just I just wood hammered. Uh, would hammer it once. Yeah, I think my Torterra was what beat Cynthia, although I think I was also using the um, chain dying and resurrecting <laughs> to try to get through What did I battle. do to beat her? Um, I used an uh, ice beam from Empoleon. I had no other choice. Nothing else would work against her. Oh, wait, did I? I think I cheat. I think I kind of semi-cheated by using a Palkia with the... With, well, it didn't, ha- didn't have ice beam, but I used a Palkia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd do it. Okay, fine. Here, you got a dragon? Here's a dragon for you. Big space <laughs> dragon that who wears a very suggestive head and neck. <laughs> okay, I'd never seen that before. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I, I, I and have it's shoulders. It's I haven't shoulders really played with out loud. It's shoulders. Oh, and boy. it's Yelka. Uh, oh, goodness gracious, guys. I hate to, I hate to say oh, wait, it's getting we, late, but should it's we mention about... the story a little first, maybe? Like, you know, again, it's a bit more, a bit more complicated than obviously any other games before. Uh, basically, again, you're still, you know, number one, tri- you're still trying to be, you're just a no, somewhat nobody, except your uh, rival isn't a mean guy or isn't a jerk, or he isn't just like in the, you know, Ruby and Sapphire where he's just kind of following you, like he's just kind of like admiring you from a distance, but he doesn't really try to challenge you he's like he's he's hyperactive and he's you know he's a nice guy but he's also competitive but in any case uh the team this time is team galactic and they are the 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 grunts don't know what they're doing they think they're trying to take over the world or something but the leader he wants to get one of the legendary pokemon that created the world dialga palkia or both of them in platinum i guess 
and he wants to recreate he wants to destroy our universe and recreate a new one a perfect one with him as god i mean yeah that's that's pretty much the story in every other jrpg but it's serious for a pokemon game yeah oh and by the way chapter three legendary pokemon the lake one so that's pretty awesome oh but he and he's his battle in platinum his final one in platinum that is a nightmare battle because uh, he uses a um, Gyarados that has Quick Call and Earthquake. Oh man! Yeah, that don't take out. That could have taken out any electric types he got. And I must have gotten lucky in that one because it's just like, hey, you know, Liu, take him out. The, you know, Thunderfang. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a devastating battle. I mean, if you know, I really do like Platinum for stepping up the battles and everything. But yeah, actually, the other good thing with Platinum itself is. Um, you know, you don't usually. We have we've been playing dungeons and Pokemon forever, but the dungeons themselves aren't usually memorable because they're usually palette swaps and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you ever want an interesting dungeon design or you want that might even scare you a little bit, Platinum's a uh, distortion world uses very disturbing 3D effects. Um, like at one point, I was sailing on the ceiling. No, surfing on the ceiling. I never did get to figure sets because I said I only played Crystal the third version. I pretty much stuck to the originals for the rest of then on. I didn't see any need to get a new game again. I mean, yeah, I well, that's, for that reason, I'm not getting black or white. I'm getting the you know inevitable kind of gray version. Rainbow. I want a few rainbow. It's gonna be invisible. <laughs> no, few <laughs> rem is gray in color. It's clearly gonna be gray. Because uh, no, the thing is, I don't like Diamond and Pearl. I just don't like those games. But my favorite one ever right now is Platinum. It just it makes that much of a difference with um. What it's a better re- story too, doesn't it? Like if we're comparatively, I suppose. Yeah, but oh, no, what Platinum does is it speeds some things up. It um, which is my biggest problem with Diamond and Pearl. Diamond and Pearl is very slow. Mm. And Actually, um, a com- complete tangent, but I also like the detective in the Booker. Jet. Yeah, yeah, Looker's good. Um. The Zenigata wannabe. <laughs> I was, if he actually gets the job done, I mean, you know, you can't. Yeah, well, Zenigata it. catches everyone but Lupin. That's the thing. Yes, but there is no Lupin in this. <laughs> There's Cyrus, but I guess he's not really. A... <laughs> oh, yeah, so... yeah, Lupin never tried to be God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, that is uh, what I really like is um. Yeah, I think the fourth one also with the story and everything. I also add more interesting characters. Uh, Cyrus actually being a threatening villain. Got Looker for an actual interesting, uh, active non-battler. And then of course Cynthia is probably going to remember. And an adult who was competent. Think about that. Yes. (laughs) Shocking. First Pokemon game where someone over the age of sixteen is good at something. (laughs) Hey man, the mom in second gen is really good at keeping your money. No, she she spends it on stupid toys. Oh, she can't, she buys a lot of berries in in uh, the remakes. It's like I don't, I have like a fifty of these already. Stop getting me berries. Just keep my money. Yeah, that's what pissed me off in the remake because um, I liked in the original one, I'd occasionally get like dolls and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. You, yeah, but, you you know you can just tell her not to spend your money. I know, I know, but I, 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 thought, you, I thought you could only tell her not to save it, not not to spend it. Well, yeah. I, I kept thinking in the remake, you know, I'm going to get all these cool little items in my room because she bought them, but no, I just kept getting berries after berries, and I realized, I wonder if I should turn it off. Am I going to get anything else but berries? Yeah, you can. You can get a couple, like, a choice scarf and a couple other things, but not much. Hmm. So, let's wrap this up, starting with Mr. John. 
I'd like for you to just tell all the audience why you love Pokemon so much in 60 seconds or less. And if they and if they're one of the two people who haven't played Pokemon yet, uh, which version should they rush out and get? Or should they um, wait for Pokemon Black or White, or should they wait for Pokemon Gray? Um, well, personally to me, um, I've, I've always enjoyed Pokemon a lot because I got into it when I was young, and I, I don't know. I, while the series hasn't exactly evolved, ho-ho, much um, to some people, um, they still managed to do enough to keep me interested in it. Um, if I was going to make, if they, if if the sort of if Pokemon Black and White weren't sort of like on the immediate horizon, I probably would say get the um, get either Heart Gold or Soul Silver, uh, and enjoy try and enjoy those. But uh, I think by now, just wait for Black and White. Black and White, really. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Scott, uh, don't write it off as just kid stuff. It actually does have a fairly it's surprised like the mechanics of the game are surprisingly deep and well thought out, especially now that they've had a few generations to really work out all the kinks. And I would say, you know what? We are a week and a half out from black and white, so I would not say so. Just wait on those. But if you're desperate for right now, the gold and silver remakes are probably going to be your best bet. Miss Becky. I, I just think it's got this addictive combination of, you know, capturing and raising creatures and, um, you know, the very sort of deep battle system. Plus, it's just these worlds that sort of invite you to explore and see what's there. And it's it's just an addictive combination of things. And I'll kind of go with everybody if, if you want to. I, I don't think there's a problem with starting with it if you're new at Pokemon with experiencing the first four generations basically through getting Heart Gold or Soul Silver. I would recommend Soul Silver because honestly, Lugia is way cooler than Ho Oh, um, the legendaries. Um, because um, Black and White are a whole new generation of Pokemon, all 150 you won't have seen before in the earlier games. So, you know, why not go out and get Soul Silver today? Mr. Charles Reimer. Let's see. Uh... And when I first played Pokemon back when I was 10, if anyone told me it was a RPG or even a JRPG, I just kind of looked at them funny. I don't mean, I don't even still consider it to stay my first because I didn't even know what it was. It was Pokemon. But uh, it's still great, you know, little great, you know, past my souls dedicated to that series. And while I'm going to probably not, you know, jump on the next bandwagon, I'm going to wait to see the next um, remake. But, uh,. I'd say, you know, if you want a really great solid one with almost no hicks, uh, definitely Platinum, or as everyone else said, um, Heart Gold Soul Silver. Um, because I think there probably will be at least one issue with Black and White that will be fixed later, but, you know, even then, you really actually have... Actually, anyone that played Pokemon, you're at a great point in time. There's good two good games just recently out, and another one on the horizon. It's a good time to become a Pokemaniac. Indeed. And Miss Cassandra Ramos, take us home. Uh, well, again, if you're one of the very few who haven't paid Pokemon, what are you waiting for? If you were, if you kind of fell out of it, there's a vast, you know, there's a lot to do in these games. It's not just kid stuff. Yeah, it's got this, you know, silly anime and whatnot. But you know, there's all these monsters that fit your taste. There's a vast world, and you know, ever developing lore, especially with added more to it. There's deep battle mechanics. You can play within the games and then, you know, continuously keep playing by training more Pokemon and fighting with your friends or, you know, people online and whatnot. It's definitely a good time to be a Pokemon fan. 
these days. Uh, again, yeah, just like everybody suggested, Heart Gold and Soul Silver is a great place to start if you haven't, or to pick it up again if you dropped it a long time ago. I haven't played Platinum, but by the sound of it, uh, it's a completely good place. Then, well, yeah, there we go. Also, shorts are comfy and they are easy to wear. <laughs> and over the course of this podcast, I took my Lapras from level 20 to level 42. Wow. wow. I beat the Elite Four. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> nice. I finished training my team to 100 a couple of days ago. Heart gold. Mm. Exciting stuff. While our audience ponders your many accomplishments that you guys have done during this podcast, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play one more really happy song. We'll be right back. Oh, oh, I'm unbeatable. <laughs> Guys, thank y'all very much, Mr. John, Scott, Becky, Charles, and Cassandra. John, is there anything you want to share with the audience before we leaving tonight? Anything on your mind that you want to share? Anything going on that you're doing on the side, or anything else on your mind? Oh, I'm I'm very work, slowly working on new news articles, so keep an eye out for anything that I happen to post on the front page. Although I'm I'm totally agree with what Scott said earlier um, that I think we should do an SD Gundam one, but that's just me. Giant robots for the win. <laughs> Mr. Scott? Uh, all the giant robot boys. <laughs> um, I've got a few reviews coming. Like I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and roll one out every 10 days for the next little while just because I have a stack of copies of things I'm going to do. So look out for me being all tabletop goodness about things. Mm, and tabletop is good. Miss Becky? 
Well, right now I happen to have just put up a video, actually. I got to go to a Pokemon black and white sampling event. So if you want to get a preview of some of the earliest Pokemon, you've probably seen them before if you've been following the game. So there's not very many spoilers. And you can especially see a little bit about how the um, new animated battle system works. You could take a look at that video. Um, and also, I will be going to PAX East in a few weeks, so you might be able to see some stuff from me about the um, games that are being previewed at PAX. Sweet. Charles? Let's see. Since uh, Roy laughed and everything, I'm going to help plug his own new RP, um, uh, podcast, RPG Sanctum. Um, definitely an interesting new one for people that enjoy sort of the roundhouse discussions, but, you know... Definitely check it out, and I'm going to, you know, definitely keep more eye on the topics because I think uh, next group is we're going to be talking about the best RPG platform ever. Hmm. So I'm um, definitely keeping an eye on that for uh, Roy's sake. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to be on that episode, but the best RPG platform is my dinner table. <laughs> hey, I agree with you, Scott. Cassandra Ramos. Ah, uh, well, just keep an eye out for any news stories I print out. I would print out, uh, type out, and uh, remember, it's a whole new world we live in. It's a whole new way to see. It's a whole new place with a brand new attitude, but you still got to catch them all and be the best that you can be. Get ready for black and white, folks. <laughs> and uh, I also want to say thanks to uh, Roy and Sam. They both had to drop off a little bit earlier this evening because this uh, kind of went on for a while. Some of them had to get to bed and whatnot. But definitely a big thanks to them. And a huge thanks to my uh, good friend and partner, Mr. Mike Meeky. He wasn't able to join us tonight, but he was absolutely instrumental in organizing and bringing this together and for our fantastic skit uh, writing up and authoring that fantastic skit that you guys heard at the beginning of the show. Thank you so much, Mr. Meeky. Of course, I also thank you, our listeners. You are the reason why we do RPG Backtrack. Just a reminder, you can do an audio review of any game that you've played that's more than two years old, and we'll put it on the show. And if you need any help with that, uh, Skype me at JCServant in the number seven, and I can help you record your very own review. Excuse me. Help you record your very own review. Um, RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcserverandrpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister shows, RPG Cast and RPG Sanctum at RPGamer.com. This is where Mike would normally send us away instead, since he is not here tonight. I leave you with this. So you wanna be the very best. Here's what you've gotta do. 150 Pokemon to get. Some accessories too. So you pop.